On this episode, we discuss Troll 2 for our 400th episode. We've wasted our lives. Everyone and welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. <laughs> okay. And I'm Elliot Kalen, loving that Stuart took his sunglasses off in the middle of his introduction, a purely visual joke for a purely audio medium. Yeah. Uh, what a great way to start off the 400th episode, an episode that I assume uh, people might be dipping in on because it's hey, a special episodes. N- number. Okay, uh, C- congratulations, guys! With congratulations, <laughs> but uh, I was just saying that perhaps less sticking around up top because there are new people listening. We hope. Yeah, yeah, because they're uh, like, there's a, there's, oh wow, I've never heard this show before, but mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to episode four hundred. <laughs> let, let me start with the four hundred right one. Well, this is a perfect jumping on point for new listeners, just as every episode is. Yeah, uh, I want to make it clear to anyone who is. Daunted by a long back catalog, you don't need to listen to them. No. Uh, many of them you probably shouldn't. Early on, uh, we said dumber things and the audio was worse. <laughs> Jump in now. It's fine. It's a, you know, it's a big, beautiful flop house world, and we're glad to have you. We don't so- do inside jokes. Uh, regular Never. jokes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Any jokes. 400 episodes, guys. Did you ever think you'd make it this far when you first started no. the podcast before you brought me in to be the star of the show? Did you ever mm-hmm. think you'd be doing it a decade and a half later, 400 episodes? I thought How do you we'd feel? be doing it for uh, maybe another year or two uh, until Stuart got bored. And, mm-hmm. and I just wander off <laughs> yeah, into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> To pick berries? And I assumed we were going to stop doing it because Dan was going to get a high-powered TV writing job. Mm. And you know what? I did, and I kept hanging on. And then he doesn't have that job, and he still kept hanging on. And now no one has any high-powered TV writing jobs, and we're still doing it. Amazing, everybody. You know what? Before we get into the meat of this episode, I wanted to thank you, the listener. I don't know how many episodes you've been with us. Maybe this is your first episode, which thank you. That's fantastic. Maybe you've been with us for 100 episodes. Maybe you've been with us for 200 episodes. Maybe you've been with us since episode number one all those years ago. Still? In which case, hello to my brother, John. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for sharing this podcast with us. Thank you for making it of making it possible for us to do this and for giving us a reason to do it. Because without the listeners, why would we do it? We must be insane to do it without listeners. <laughs> and yet well, we did for you years. check out these prices on this uh, <laughs> toaster oven behind us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we really appreciate it. Guys, uh, what are we going to do that's special today for this 400th episode? Well... I think we've got some we got some calls from some of our famous friends. Why, here's Jimmy um, Stewart. <laughs> well, 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 uh, God, folks, I love this Flophouse show. And, uh, well, oh, wow, yeah. 400 episodes, that's uh-huh. pretty amazing. And, uh, well, I've been dead for years, so I should go uh-huh. now. I'm a ghost. That ended the way a Dan McCoy tweet joke does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I don't want, you know, like, we okay, all know that he's dead. We don't want anyone confused. Oh, you wait, have to guys, specify oh, guys, that he's a ghost. We've got another else. celebrity caller in another celebrity. 
celebrity caller. Uh, yeah, yeah, see, uh. yeah, what an amazing achievement. Yeah, 400 episodes, see, yeah, yeah, Flophouse, see, yeah. Congratulations. All the most relevant from, impressions. <laughs> from your boy, Edward G. Robinson, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> What's the G for? Uh, Gangster. The G was. <laughs> he played I mean, was, a lot of them. <laughs> to be honest, it was probably for his real last name, Goldenberg, because real last name I think was Emmanuel uh, Goldenberg, but I'm oh, not okay. sure. Yeah. Hmm. Nice to know. We I learned something. So this can this can be filed under uh, factual. Yeah. It might have just been Goldberg. <laughs> it was that. Yeah. Yeah. So fi- now this this pop this podcast can finally be fire, filed under informational and pop culture historical. Set yeah. aside. Set aside. Self help. Uh, Parentheses, sexuality. <laughs> yeah. That part comes later. <laughs> that, yeah, later in the episode, yeah. Okay, so what do we normally do on this podcast? So this uh, podcast is one where we watch a bad movie or one that, you know, critically has been not accepted, let's say. <laughs> and uh, and we talk or about Or just it. a movie we wanted to talk about. Sometimes, guys, we just talk about movies we want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't take us too seriously. You know what? And don't take life. Too seriously, because it ain't permanent know-how. Mm-hmm. Po- oh, Dan's dance turning into a pogo character, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, um, I'm, anyway. I'm currently, my younger son wants me to read pogo to him, and I've been reading a pogo, and I have to do so much cleaning up the dialect just for it to be comprehensible to him. Yeah. But, you, still, but you do like an accent, right? Yeah, oh yeah, I still do it. At, oh, I'll guarantee Albert the Alligator. Oh, yeah. My brother gave me, uh, for my birthday, a couple of collections of like, Pogo uh, retellings of of like old stories, and I can't tell whether they're like old comics that have add added like you know panels to make it more like mm. a storybook, which they would do sometimes, or whether it was an entirely new book. Uh, but I'm reading it, and I'm like, I still enjoy this, but I found this really funny when I was a kid. Was I? Wrong? Have I changed, or is it these specific comics that aren't <laughs> joke filled? Only one uh, way to find again, out: you got to read the entirety of the Pogo comic series. Great way to introduce new listeners to our show. A long digression about Pogo. Nobody remembers that the creator of which uh, had died by the time I was on the scene, and it and was written the, by someone else. And the dialogue. Watch out, folks! Dan is on the scene. And, and the and the. <laughs> Walt Kelly, move away, move aside because Baby Dan is here. And the uh, a comic strip that if you look, if you read it not with a uh, if, with a with an, a welcoming eye, does seem racist uh, uh-huh. in, because the dialect is so thick. They and it's are hard. all using dialect. The only thing I can say about it is like none of them are like caricatures of they're all black animals. people or yeah. they're just they're yeah. just animals so you can sort of be like okay i guess this is just general like weird storybook southern dialect but it's it's hard it's hard to, to yeah. know where that line is yeah um anyway <laughs> so now that's out of the way what do we normally do on this podcast <laughs> so now that it's our 400th episode we have all these new listeners yeah Guys, I'm not sure this is going to bring in the people like I was hoping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a podcast where we watch okay, Bad Movie and talk over. about okay, it. On today's episode, we discuss okay. Troll 2. Troll's World Tour? Welcome to the Flophouse. It's our 400th episode. Dan, what do we do on this show? We watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. And because it is our 400th episode on Milestone, we decided to watch one of the canonical... Uh, good bad movies. Um, Some would say the best worst movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, a particular documentary made by 
the kid. Star who, of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Star of the movie. Yeah. Would say that. So you're saying um, he's not an impartial judge. Hold on a second. He's got a stake mm-hmm. in this movie being the best it's worst a, it's movie. A, <laughs> not just a steak, a whole steak dinner. Mm-hmm. I've seen the documentary. I bear. It is uh, a fun documentary. Yeah. Yeah. I bear him no ill will other than as a child. And this is true of a lot of children and a lot of child actors. Okay. He was a little irritating. Wow. <laughs> But we all were. New listeners, probably. just get ready for Dan to go on the rampage against children many times, <laughs> many episodes. He's going to go on this whole fucking scrappy do thing and we're all going to have to watch a city with our heads in our hands. Well, that's the weird thing when Dan is like, you couldn't make a character like scrappy do these days. That's the culture we're living in. You want a scrappy do? Impossible. It's like, Dan, they don't have to make scrappy do. They made him already. He exists. <laughs> yeah. Where are the new scrappy do's going to come from? <laughs> new generation of kids have to be enraged by a new character being introduced late it's, to it. Scrappy was first introduced run. in Blazing Saddles, right? That's why yeah, we yes, couldn't do it. That's why you can't days. do it today, yeah, yeah. Dan's like, they introduced Scrappy-Doo. Good, new blood, <laughs> finally. And then they're giving me this pup named Scooby-Doo shit? No, 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 friends. There's already a little kid pup. His name's Scrappy-Doo. <laughs> I, look, the kid is fine, I'm sure. They don't I call just, him Scrappy-Don't. They call I him Scrappy-Doo. To find a line reading in Troll 2 from the the child lead that couldn't Josh have the, parent- the parenthetical whiny in front of yeah. it. That's true. Well, I, some of that can be laid on the doorstep of the director, I'm sure. Almost it's, certainly. It's not a well-directed yeah. movie. But so Troll 2, yeah, this is a this is a real uh, classic of bad movies. This is a movie I've seen. I hadn't seen it in years, but I had seen several times. And which when I watched as a kid, because it was like HBO in the middle of the day filler. Yes. When I watched as a kid, there were parts that genuinely scared me, including the opening of the film. Should we start in about what this movie is like? We shall, we, shall, yeah. Shall we Let's summarize it? it? And lead the audience through the experience of watching it, through our experience. So summarize, you just pulled up uh, Wikipedia's exhaustive plot summary, I hope. (laughs) I mean, I I have my own exhaustive plot summary. But Wikipedia's is is pretty detailed. It's intense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it says, it, what I like is, uh, it says Troll 2 on Wikipedia and says, for the 2020 animated film, see Trolls World Tour. So other people <laughs> have been making the same mistakes too that you made. So uh, Troll 2, which is not actually a sequel to the film Troll. Let's get that right off the bat. This was a movie being made on its own under the name Goblins or Goblin. Uh, maybe not Goblins because they didn't want to be sued by the band Goblins. Uh, but the- uh, No, the band's called Goblin. Goblins oh, ma- would be the sequel. Oh, that's the right. Band. The sequel to the band. To the band. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, James, so, James Cameron came in and put a mm-hmm. dollar sign after Goblin. Uh-huh. <laughs> and everyone was like, why are you here, James Cameron? <laughs> yeah, At this recording session for Goblin. For this recording mm-hmm. session for the Dawn of the Dead soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> then he climbed into his submersible and traveled away. Guys, we can't do submersible humor right now. It's a little too soon. Oh, I should mention oh. there's a lot going on in the world. We're recording this right before the 4th of July, although you'll hear it later. And, uh, and submersibles are all the rage as for the recent submersible tragedy. So let's avoid submarine and submersible humor. Even submarine sandwiches we shouldn't talk about. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be, be hard. Yeah, Stuart, talk about the Invisible Maniac, Stuart. Yeah. Uh, what? Cause I new, can find a way. New listeners, you may not know that Stuart, <laughs> who are just coming on, Stuart has a character he likes to do called the old sea hand, who's kind of like a, you know, a crusty <laughs> old salt who talks about submersibles. And so, mm-hmm. Stuart, if you could just lay off, well, maybe give him a taste, Stuart. Give them a taste <laughs> of what that, yeah. that character is like. You're probably the character of the old, the old, the crusty uh-huh. old yeah. sea salt. <laughs> crusty old sea salt. Let me, yeah. <clears throat> they call me Captain Nemo, the techno pirate, <laughs> scourge of the seven seas and the British Empire. 
how they will rue the day that they sent me in my Nautilus down to check out the Titanic. <laughs> oh, now, too, again, again, too soon, too tough. I would say that Stewart's performance was largely in a, a change in his physical demeanor and <laughs> yeah, that's no true. change in his voice. Yeah, very little, very little. Medium, and now, uh, Stuart, I'm like uh, a Kevin Costner type actor in that sure. day. One last question, I guess. Uh, one last question for your, uh, for your character. Uh, in the Napoleonic <laughs> Wars, what had oceans become? Always battlefields, baby. <laughs> they become battlefields. Okay, so Troll Two. So we this again. This is a movie that was originally called. Gun- the way you did that was like, uh, you know, that fill in the blank uh, trivia before movies. <laughs> yeah. Master and companion, commander. Master and companion. Master and companion. <laughs> wow. A story of friends because it is a story of friendship, right? The Aubrey Matura novels. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. It's two yeah, best friends. Basically. Yeah. Uh, Man, I miss those movie trivias that like started off as actual like movie trivia and then quickly just became a, have you seen the movies that are playing right now? Well, instead of now where you have a series of, I guess, fake influencers who come on and they go, let me tell you about my picks for the movies I can't wait to see this fall. Ant-Man, Quantumania is going to be amazing. And it's like, wait, so your pick is the big movie that they're advertising right now? Come on. Yeah. What a coincidence. What a quinky dink. Okay, so again, this movie was not originally part of the Troll franchise, uh, and uh-huh. it should not be confused with the Trolls current animated franchise in which they take old pop songs and they troll them up, leading to the <laughs> moment, uh, the horrifying moment when my younger son said, oh yeah, I like that song Barracuda. It's from Trolls World Tour. And I had to say, it is not from Trolls World Tour. It's <laughs> the original of the song, which he also loves. Uh, so this was, they made a movie called Troll, and in a different movie called Goblin was being made, and it was released as Troll 2. But you'll see- The original see, Troll starred uh, Sonny Bono, am I, am I correct in saying that? Uh, the unrelated I, original. He played the troll. troll? Uh, he played the troll. I think, yeah, I think so, he and, was. Well, it was where he premiered his song "I Got You, Troll." They say I love can't be because you're a troll, but I say I love you like butter on a roll, Troll. I got you, troll. Can you? Are you looking to see if we can just edit that? Uh, Michael Moriarty <laughs> was in it. Oh, Shelley Michael Moriarty. Hack. Yeah, and Sonny Bono. Was in so my low battery warning. Dane so, just got low battery warning, everybody. Oh no. It's a race against time. But so my <laughs> yeah. parody was accurate, is what you're saying. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got you, troll. Anyway, hey, Mr. Troll Barine Man, sing a troll Not for me. They did a cover of it. They did a cover of it. Did they? Okay. Yes. So, uh, troll two. So we begin in a, the spookiest scene in the whole movie, to be honest. Uh, Grandpa, Grandpa Seth, an old man with a beard, is mm-hmm. telling a bedtime story to his grandson, Josh. The the uh, the whiny child that Dan took such offense at, and he tells the story of or Peter. Hero, yeah. He tells the story of Pete. This it's and it's right. We're in Princess Bride territory. A grandpa telling a story mm-hmm. to a kid in bed. He tells the story of Peter, a man who's dressed in a combo of clothes that's like his hat says the Renaissance, but his his other clothes say nineteenth century businessman. Uh, and. <laughs> He's he's uh, bedeviled by an evil forest of goblins, and the goblins. How do you want to describe their look, guys? Because we see them pretty early on. They don't they don't waste time not showing us the goblins. Uh, well, I would say that they look kind of like a bunch of Ewoks wearing rubber spirit Halloween masks. Yeah, they're like Ewoks um, wearing sweatsuits to go trick or treating in Halloween masks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they don't really. They, some of them look wildly different than the others. Like, there's kind of a unistry to the trolls look, but then every once in a while you'll get one that's, like, really bug-eyed when all the other yeah, ones Yeah, I have. like that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the best. 
and so these these kind of Ewoks and troll masks are uh, goblin masks. I'm sorry. They chase after Peter, and uh, the opening credits uh, is is just showing them the trolls in the forest. And the opening theme song, I really like a lot. I have to admit, yeah. it's yeah. full of synth. It rocks. Yeah. Uh, it's very what of its time. What would we do, baby, without, without trolls? trolls? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But there's a time Great. for trolls and a time for grandpa. What's it gonna <laughs> be tonight? <laughs> Don't make uh, me choose. Thank you for being a troll. <laughs> After the opening credits, we see the story. Peter gets gets seduced by a troll pretending to be a beautiful woman. And when he eats some food she gives him, green slime pours from his face and he turns into a plant and the goblins eat him. And I said troll, I meant goblin. I'm going to keep yeah. making this mistake. Um, so that's, and, that's one of the main powers of the goblins. They can transform into anybody. They can transform into anybody. And if they give you food to eat, it will turn you into a plant after you bleed green from your forehead, and they eat plants. Now, does plants. that look like normal food? <laughs> yeah, it does mostly. I mean, here it doesn't. Here it's look up this, like a bunch of ooze, but a gloopy ooze. But usually it looks like normal food, I think. I don't want to uh, kill the momentum too early, but uh, I think this is a little bit of a place where it might be interesting to talk about the people behind this movie because the the wife of the director who wrote it Mm-hmm. Talked about how <laughs> this is her response to a bunch of her f- friends becoming vegetarians and mm. getting like pissed off at them for being vegetarians. So this Terrifying, wasn't just yeah. a movie made uh, to make money. This was a movie made out of spite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's why Often they're trying the best to best motivator. That's why they have to turn people into vegetable matter before eating them, which I would argue sort of goes against one of the like the ideas behind vegetarianism, which is to to not kill a sentient. Beast. So the understanding of vegetarianism that is being critiqued here is faulty from the start. Also, the the trolls live the, the trolls, the goblins live in a forest. <laughs> They're surrounded by plants. The idea that they yeah. would have to go through the process of making a person into a plant or to eat the plant, it just seems wasteful. The same way I was talking to God once, and I was saying to him, <laughs> why waste time with the caterpillar stage? Why not just have them be born as butterflies? It's just a waste. It's just taking yeah. up time. It's inefficient. And he was like, where were you when I sunk the foundations of the earth and chained Leviathan and Behemoth to the, yeah. to the whatevers? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. dude, don't, don't try to change the subject. Don't try to change the subject. We're talking Every about time. butterflies here, yeah. Yeah, a, a sparrow doesn't fall if I don't see them. Well, we're not talking about sparrows, dude. We're talking about butterflies. He just couldn't, he, and that's why caterpillars don't exist anymore because I defeated mm-hmm. him. I said, debate me, Lord, debate me, and he couldn't, yeah, yeah. he couldn't debate, he couldn't win, yeah. Yeah, this was when you were Kratos, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do want to mention, sorry, a couple, I mean, as long as we're in a couple other behind-the-scenes things, Claudio as Fregasso. As long as we're in the thing that you introduced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Claudio Fregasso, or Fregasso, I don't know, Italian director, here he is directing under an uh, an Americanized pseudonym, but uh, he's an Italian director. Ridley Scott. <laughs> who made... I've seen another movie by him. I saw Monster Dog starring Alice Cooper, which is also not that good, but kind of just in a more boring way, although it has a couple of good music videos uh, sequences in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, ha- this has That's the Monster feeling... Monster Dog is Dan's recommendation for this episode. Yeah, <laughs> better than Prince of Darkness when it comes to Alice <laughs> Cooper's movies, says Dan McCoy. Yep. Interesting. No, I'm just like, the reason that this movie has kind of a weird vibe, one of them is it was a largely Italian uh, uh, crew and director and writer who did not speak English well, directing local non-actors. Uh, like the one person who did speak English well on set was apparently the the the, the costume designer, Laura Gim, uh, Gimzer, who is, you may know as Black Emmanuel 
even though she's actually from uh, Indonesia uh, mm. and Dutch descent. But uh, and, the, and all, we should also mention this, according to the trivia online, that most of the cast came to audition to be extras in the film because yeah. they were locals, and they said, "No, you're the stars of the movie now." And so yeah. it is a it's a, a mostly amateur cast dealing it, it who are American working in English with a cat with a crew and director who don't speak English that well and are and are from the Italian cheapy tradition even a movie yes. like um a movie like The Visitor where it's a big budget movie where it, or a bigger budget it's movie all an Italian on director the screen. <laughs> that is even that comes off as a strange kind of hallucination of a film there you know there are so many honestly really fun bad movies of this period that are in this tradition of like uh-huh. Italian crews and directors coming to America, trying to make a cheap exploitation movie here, but not really understanding how to make it feel like it's actually America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway. Okay. So, this, yeah, this is great. Cause we find out that this is where we find out the grandpa's a ghost, right? Uh, thanks for, thanks for spoiling it. <laughs> oh, Stu. Yeah. This is where, <laughs> this is where we find out that. Yeah. So grandpa's telling the story and he's saying, Goblins still exist. They still exist. Uh, and mo- and the, his mom comes in and goes, uh, Joshua, why are you still awake? And he goes, I was just talking to Grandpa. Grandpa, the rocking chair he was in is empty and rocking back and forth. His grandfather has left the room. He's been dead for months. And Joshua still sees him. And I have to say, the moment when I was, I was watching this when I was a kid, there are two moments that really scared me. And this one where it's revealed that Grandpa was a ghost I uh-huh. was not familiar with movies like this when I was seeing yeah. this. And mm-hmm. there's something about, it's very eerie the way she's like, he's like, but he's right. And the, the chair is still moving. Uh, look, watching it now, it's silly. But as a kid, <laughs> as a kid I, I do, found it very eerie. I do love the mom's line delivery where she's like, everyone misses grandpa, your sister, your dad, and me, his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. The dialogue is uh, heavily expository. Yeah, in and you'll notice ways. you'll notice they pan Josh's room a few times, and he's got a lot of DC and Warner Brothers merchandise in his room. Like, yeah. mo- is it's that a mostly killing joke poster? Yeah, a killing joke, it is a, uh, he has a killing joke poster, and he should not be reading the killing joke. Which he is, is too young. I was just watching that uh, Alan Moore BBC Maestro course, and he 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 mentions offhandedly that as soon as he wrote the Killing Joke, he immediately forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you didn't forget about it, Josh, the main character of Troll Two. Uh, the next day, uh, the whole family—they're leaving for a month's trip in the country. They are doing a house swap with a farm family. They will be farmers for a month, and the dad is so excited about that. And they're That's going a to a normal thing people do, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, you just well based on the movie The Holiday, yeah. <laughs> Oh, but, yeah. But it, what I mean, a in the movie, holiday, they, right? they swapped houses, but it's not like they swapped professions for, for <laughs> yeah. the time, right? <laughs> like, hey, we've never farmed before. What do we yeah. need to know to keep your farm alive while we're there? Don't even bother you, telling us. And you'll come into my uh, my house and you'll be a claims ad- adjuster. <laughs> Just show up to work and tell everybody you're me. Uh, they're going to a town called Nilbog that only has 26 residents. Uh, and so, meanwhile, uh, that night, Josh's sister, Holly, is – she's a real gym rat. She's lifting weights in her teen girl room, which is – it is such a teen girl room in that there's some grown-up stuff in it and some, like, a poster of Mickey and Minnie Mouse, like, canoodling. Like, there's some little kid stuff in it. They did a really good job of furnishing this this teen girl room. It seems like someone who has grown up in that room and is now getting older but still has her kid stuff. I'm just going to say, art, whoever art directed that room did a fantastic job. It's great. And I love that she's wearing her, like, little workout outfit – Plus a weight belt, and she is uh, she's bench pressing in the middle of her room. No back arch, no, <laughs> no, no nothing. She's just cranking that shit out. She's got to no be spotting. on the juice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I will say it does make me uncomfortable. Like 
This movie like sexualizes a few of the women in like a, a way that is very weird feeling, including this initial introduction where she's in like this very small like leotard and they focus on her sweating, where the, where they also keep cutting to stuffed animals around the room, reminding her, you like, she's really young. She's the young daughter. You know, yeah. like I felt like that was like oh, an odd thing in this movie. If Dan, well, if you had the right reaction, by the way, Dan. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you had the right reaction, you got uncomfortable. <laughs> if you're made uncomfortable by that moment of change, that liminal space when a girl becomes a woman, which happens to every woman in their life, then sure, Dan, be uncomfortable by that. Uh, I'm but, uncomfortable <laughs> with the movie sexualizing it. I'm not uncomfortable with it happening in the world. All right, that's fair. That's fair. In I Italy, mean, things. Work a little too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, so, and meanwhile, the dad he can't wait to be in Nilbog and live Stores like their ants earlier. That's what you're talking <laughs> yeah, about, right? Yeah. Everyone smokes. So, dad, he, the dad he just loves the idea of living like their ancestors. He's so enamored yeah. of the idea of being a farmer. And uh-huh. but mom is worried about Josh, understandably, since he has been seeing her dead father <laughs> talking yeah. to him. Uh, so Josh. He gets out of bed. He's scared by a noise. And he goes to the window. It's just a teen boy, Elliot, who's looking for his sister. Elliot is uh, her sister, his sister's kind of boyfriend. And they have the funniest relationship, <laughs> which I'll explain to you. He sneaks in and she's like, my dad hates you. If he knew you were here, he would cut your nuts off. But I like you. And I, and it's so clear that she wants to have sex with him, but only if he stops bringing his friends around. And yes. he is. it is impossible for him to take it's a moment away from his, his <laughs> yes. friends. Even when she is so openly like, I want to take your virginity. I don't want to be a virgin anymore. I don't want you to be a virgin. I want us to have sex, but you have to stop bringing your friends to my house at night. And he's like, sure. And then his friends pop up and they're like, want to get a pizza? We're all getting pizza. <laughs> and it's like, just spend a night away from your friends. Like, <laughs> well, also, then like in the very next part, it's just like, she makes it very clear. She's like, I would love you to come with me on this vacation. You cannot bring your friends. And it's like, got it. No friends. And then the next time we see him, he's in an RV driving him with his friends. And it is it's very really like, good. What is, what is I this love this guy. I mean, like, it's like a regular four musketeers here, these four guys. But it's just, so, she's like, come with me on this family trip. We're going to go off into the woods and be alone and have sex. And he's like, but my friends, can I, can I bring my friends <laughs> yeah, along? Yeah, I think it's a Cyrano thing where he needs to have somebody give yeah. him, oh, him tips. I see. That, that, that'd be so funny if Cyrano was not helping out the guy, but he just just loved having Cyrano around. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and his girlfriend was like, can you stop bringing Cyrano around? Like, I want to do you. And he's like, yeah, but my buddy's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, the next morning, they leave. Uh, Elliot did not show up on time. Not accurate. I'm very punctual. And so Sorry, they left without him. Yeah. Did we skip over the, the line from the mom where she's like, like, tell me about the goblins or something like that. Like, because the kid had this bad story about the goblins and then she's like oh there's no such thing and then like later on she just brings it up to her husband as oh, if oh that's right as oh, if he's yeah, the expert oh yeah that's pretty awesome yeah you know? and then just cuts and then it cuts away as if this and it leads you to believe that this is a secret that, that the husband is aware right of in the trailer yeah. or like or that he's a cryptozoologist or something like that tell mm-hmm. me about the goblins and it just yeah it just cuts we don't know I mean, what it- Kind of depends on which goblin cosmology you're using. In like Warhammer, they're like micro orcs. In D and D, I think they're like troll based. So this is sure. what you would say. So if your wife sat you down, Stuart, and said, "Tell me about the goblins," this is what you would start with. We'll be yeah, more yeah. specific but about by what the goblins. End, you mean? She would look like the guy who drank from the wrong goblet in Last Crusade. <laughs> now, drank from the wrong goblet or drank from the drank from the wrong goblin? Because you don't want to drink from any goblin, let alone the wrong one. That's true, especially if they give you some green stuff, which turns out turns you into a plant they can eat. 
You do not want that. Anyway, Holly, she is very mad that they left without her boyfriend. And the mom is uh, uncomfortable with all the arguing. She goes, she demands that Josh sing. She goes, Josh, sing that song. That song I like so much. And I thought, what is this song going to be? It's Row Your Boat. That's what it is. <laughs> that song Just I that, like so much. One of the, like, there's two great hilarious uh, times that Row, Row, Row Your Boat shows up in the, in the movies. The other one being, of course, at the beginning of Star Trek Five when they're like, Oh, let's sing that old uh, classic song, and they sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat, which at least, you know, makes a certain amount of sense, you know, if if we're so far in the future that it's divorced from, I don't know, the fact that it's the most ubiquitous childhood song mm -hmm. possible. Mm -hmm. But this mom demanding, like, oh, I love hearing that song, and then they immediately uh, try and do it in madrigal style and fuck it up right away. They don't do not do it well. I, the, now, I, I, this was I, around the moment. Like around, guys, that's what I was looking for. We, mm. uh, you asked me before, but I, I'd seen this movie, I feel like only once prior at mm -hmm. a bad movie night. And watching this again, it, I was really struck by how this is like the pure good bad movie shit. Like this mm. is the stuff that I'm all, this is the reason why I watch, this is the reason yeah. why I do this podcast, guys. Mm -hmm. This is why you get into it. This is what makes it, it all worth it. It's like pure <laughs> uncut bad movie it rules oh love it yeah and so there's something about sing that song i like so much it's a public domain song everyone knows i don't know why she wouldn't <laughs> name it by why she can't call it by name but anyway it's meanwhile uh it's part El of the test she wants to know that her son pays attention to her yes that makes sense and meanwhile elliot and his friends they're heading to nilbog in an rv he has promised them that there's a lot of loose women <laughs> that in nilbog this is based <laughs> this on is nothing and i don't know what his strat his plan is going to be when they get to nilbog and there's no women I, like he's just lied to his friends they're going to the middle of nowhere and it is not helping him because his I assume his goal is to have sex with his girlfriend maybe it's not I don't know I don't think so he gets I think there he's like oh man Nilbog oh I was thinking of LA I'm sorry guys <laughs> well as long as we're here then oh you I mean think the, he just the bunny ranch isn't in Nilbog oh but then <laughs> he can do like, that somewhere else I feel like he's only hanging out with her as a as a way to like raise his status among his friends. Mm. Oh, that's possible. But he actually possible. just wants to spend more time with his buddies. That's possible. I mean, there's nothing wrong with spending time with your buddies. So in the car, Joshua has a nightmare about turning into a plant as his family <laughs> turns into goblins. Uh, and uh, the car passes Grandpa. He's standing on the side of the road holding a sign that says, stop them. And Joshua goes, uh, stop the car. I have to go. And mom goes, and mother goes, do you have to throw up? And he goes, yeah, I do. And he gets out and runs over to Grandpa. And Grandpa's like, you have to go back. Get them to go back. And then Grandpa turns out to be a filthy hitchhiker who says, so you're going to give me a ride or what? And, <laughs> and Joshua goes, ugh, and runs back into the car. And, and, and I have to assume the rest of the ride was his parents being like, why did you run out to talk to that, that guy? What are you doing? But, but this uh, is, is that like, for how would you react mom? if your kid wanted to talk to a, a, a hitchhiker? Would you be I, like, yeah, this is a good learning moment. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm glad that they're open to hearing the stories of our of others, our elders, or perhaps the those less represented in our normal daily life. Uh -huh. So I'd be like, yeah, go talk to that hitchhiker, spend a couple weeks with him, I'll come back. <laughs> It'll inspire your screenplay. Shadow, yeah. Yeah. Shadow you want to become a hitchhiker? Considering an internship, in and then you can use the hitchhiking skills you picked up to get back home. This will be a great learning experience. Mm. Uh, and the I, the I feel like this is one of many. This is maybe the first of them. The first of the moments in the movie where Grandpa Seth is putting a lot of pressure on Joshua to do something that Grandpa Seth could easily do himself, which is warn the rest of the family. Because who are you going to listen to about goblins? A kid or a ghost? If a ghost tell, it's like if in Hamlet, if if Hamlet's dad was like, "Hey, hey, 
tell everybody I'm a ghost and I'm back, they would think he was crazy. And they do. That's what happens in the plot of Hamlet. And Hamlet's dad could easily say to everybody, hey, Claudius and Gertrude killed me. But instead (laughs) he puts it all on Hamlet to do it, which is unfair pressure. Here's my, what if grandpa can only appear to the kid because the kid is the one who killed him? Oh, that's oh, actually a pretty good thing. Okay, that's the I like backstory. it. There's nothing. There's nothing in the movie that fights that interpretation. So <laughs> yep. no matter what Roger Ebert says, I'm going to go with it. That's my official explanation <laughs> for now on. Now, was yeah. it an accidental death, or was it, or was it? Oh out no, out murder? very <laughs> premeditated. And and what's his motive? How did he do it? Tell me. Uh, he's he a master the of the flying guillotine. To get the. Uh, <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that, Josh. Again, there's nothing in the movie that tells us he's not a master of the flying guillotine. So we have to take that. So, yes. so you're no, saying he, he threw a circle Joshua, of blades at Grandpa's head and then yes. yanked it back, thus removing the Joshua head. Joshua was upset because they were going to move to a different town because they didn't have money, and they knew, and he knew that if he bumped off Grandpa. His parents would inherit grandpa's money. He could stay in town with his buddies. So he uses flying guillotine powers or guillotine. Sorry, mm-hmm. apologies. Thank you. Apologies uh, to the inventor, Dr. Guillotine. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, Dr. Flying. <laughs> now they're together forever. When, when Dr. Guillotine and Professor Flying worked together to create the flying <laughs> guillotine, it revolutionized martial arts movies. Now, Dan, now where did grandpa make his money? Again, there's nothing in the movie that tells us. So just, <laughs> it can be anything, and I'll believe well, it. Well, he was a war profiteer. It's, oh, that's why they don't wow. talk about it. Wow. So, that's and how he's he in, so quick with that Molotov cocktail. Yeah, that's yeah. what he does. He's so quick to put it together. He's not so quick in lighting <laughs> it or throwing it. Since no. a man literally walks up and yanks it out of Joshua's hand. But let's later on. We'll get to that. So um, so J- Grandpa Seth, he's referring – so Joshua is his herald on earth, and he can. Uh, he's the only yeah. one he can speak to because, again, Joshua murdered him. In a very poorly edited moment, uh, the sister sees Elliot and his friends stranded on the side of the road and gives them the finger. And she must have eagle eyes because they appear to be at least a thousand feet away or or longer. And there's a hill in between them. And yet it's just edited together, Kuleshov experiment style. Did you guys buy this moment? Yeah, I mean, it's very like Baron Munchausen-y where you're like, you're seeing over vast distances. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just, I mean, I, I don't remember the cut you're saying. I think because I was just so angry at this guy bringing his buddies along. Oh, you're so angry like, at Joshua doing, get, getting away with the murder of his grandfather. Yeah. They're like, well, we found a flying guillotine with grandpa's head in it and Joshua's mm-hmm. fingerprints exactly. are all over it. But as far as we know, Joshua has never studied with the ancient masters of the flying guillotine. <laughs> yeah. And Joshua's like, <laughs> the, <laughs> the perfect crime. They never well, suspect you know. the butterfly. I just mm-hmm. have to hope that the one, one-armed boxer doesn't try to stop me. Uh, so- uh, the family gets to Nilbog. The town is abandoned. Dad says, well, everyone here is asleep this time of night. It is clearly daytime. The sun is <laughs> yeah. not out. Uh, the, they drive to reveal there's a – and they drive past a bar and it revealed it's revealed that a, a bunch of creepy locals are just staring out the windows at their car going by. Um, but it's good to know there's kind of like a cheers type location in town where, where everyone feels mm-hmm. comfortable to go. Uh, they arrive at a creepy farm. That's what farm. I tell my customers to do whenever – Whenever they're sitting at the bars, to stare at people who drive by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, in order to entice them to come into the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the f- creepy farm family is there. They are dressed like they stepped right out of a Dorothy Lang photograph. Like it is <laughs> – they went back in time. They got to go back in time to Nilbog. Uh, and the farm family is very quiet and brusque, a little uh, charmless. And Josh notices that they all have scars in the shape of what? A four-leaf clover, each of them uh-huh. on a different part of their body? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Luck- the dad Lucky keeps, got to him. Yeah. The dad keeps talking to them, like, <laughs> you know, giving 
an Airbnb style like spiel of like, oh, you know, we got all the, we got, you know, air conditioning, you do whatever you need. This is you great. As, as the farm family is leaving, he's just, yeah. he's just calling out to them the names of the different appliances they have in their house. <laughs> yeah, with no response. <laughs> no. And he forges ahead. I, I want to say, look, these are all amateur actors. I'm not going to be too hard on any of them. I'm not going to, you know, speak up too highly in favor of any of the performances per se. They're all enthusiastic. Okay. But I do like, of the performances, I like the dad the best. And I'm He has kind so of, much energy. He has so much energy. Yeah. He has like a certain charisma. There's something about him that like really like actually pops a bit on screen. And it, it I think if you watch the best worst movie thing, like he was just a dentist. I would say just a dentist. I say- Yeah, no, you have to go to a lot no, of school it. for that too. I yeah. say that in that he was not- He's a scum of the earth, just a dentist. He was not an actor. He was a dentist and- um, Just a dentist. <laughs> the just is only in relationship to his acting. <laughs> no, the hierarchy prior. of jobs goes number one, <laughs> okay. actor. Number two, All president right. of the United States. Number <sighs> three, dental he hygienist. No number four, dentist. In the acting region, uh, at least movie-wise, he was a dentist. He did this movie. He seemed in the documentary to be the one a little, like, hurt the most by, like, you know, hoping he might yeah. have, like, a bigger career or whatever. Yeah. And But then by the end, I think, you know, he seems to, like, sort of come to terms and be, like, happy about the, uh, the attention the movie's got. And if you look, he's done, you know, some work. Not, like, a lot of work, but, like, he's Dental been work. acting— yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, recently. he has he he wasn't Becker on the show Becker for six years. No, no, no. But he <laughs> no, seems not to no. You know, had a little bit of a happy ending in terms of like getting to do more, which he seemed to want to. So. Yeah, he, he lobbied hard to be the new voice of Doctor Teeth from Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, and, and he's mm -hmm. like, I am a doctor of teeth. I'm a tooth doctor. I'm Doctor mm -hmm. Teeth. Uh -huh. and, yeah. and they and they were Didn't like, work. okay, give us your best line reading. Aurora Borealis, shining down in Dallas. And they were like, sorry, it's not it's not close enough. We apologize. He's like, well, I thought there may be something new for Dr. Teeth. Maybe he doesn't have to sound mm. like Jim Henson and Rolf and the other Jim Henson characters all the time. And they wow. said, no, we really want to stick on model Me with Dr. Yow. Teeth. Wow. <laughs> Really yeah. burning the late Jim Henson. <laughs> he, no, he's great. It's like all of them. They, they, their voices all kind of sound a no, little sure. similar because the same person. You know, yeah. the same way Miss Piggy is clearly Yoda in drag. We can all admit that now. It's <laughs> no, okay. It's true. Wow, no this, judgment. Well, welcome to the Comedy Central roast of Jim Henson <laughs> and Frank, and Frank Oz. Oz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's the roast of Jim Henson and Friends. Oh, uh, now it's time for the roast of Garfield and Friends. U.S. <laughs> Acres, more like U.S. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Here's an inconvenient truth. No kid who was watching this show realized that this was based on a comic strip. <laughs> Just like, why is Garfield oh, being interrupted shit. for these losers? Take that, Jim Davis. Jim Davis, Should I call more like, him? Jim, save this trash. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was the. That, you'll see those Comedy Central roasts never. Uh, so they uh, they they get to the end to the farm, and as the farm family is leaving, the son throws a baseball to <laughs> throws a baseball <laughs> to Joshua, on which is written in green ooze, "Eat before we eat you," which seems like a good warning. Let's not yeah. stay at this house. 
Yeah. The yeah, goblins yeah. are not doing a great job of hiding their ulterior motive of eating them. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. In the house, they find a table. I do like that the goblins go all the way through with this plan, though. They're like, okay, I guess we're going to go be- go to their house and check out their appliances. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, man. Uh, well, as we see later in the film, they, they either don't or they went and they checked them out and then they came back. So we see that farm family again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they find a t- – what I like is they're like like a, the Riddler or Arcade. They're like, there has to be a little chance that they can escape. So let's warn them yeah. of our plan. But we'll only warn Joshua. Or perhaps Grandpa Seth has been like, goblins, this is going to be hilarious. Tell <laughs> Joshua the plan. No one's going to listen to it. <laughs> Yeah, this is just like a team up between the two of them being like, this kid is not equipped to deal with this. <laughs> I mean, no no blame. He's a kid. He's a kid. It's going to be so funny seeing not him Not even a particularly smart kid. He is, he, is, he is in a real bind. It's that like when God said to Jonah, Jonah, this is going to be hilarious. Go to Nineveh and tell them they're sinful. And he's like, what? They're not going to listen to me. Go do it. You know what? And if you try not to do it, I'm going to have a fish eat you. <laughs> you should have seen your face when that fish ate you. <laughs> You couldn't see it. It was dark inside that fish. Anyway, so they go in the house. The I'm enjoying is- this so much. What is this, the fucking vegetails? What's going on here? Yeah, it's like veg- vegetails and punked got were put together. Yeah, it was like uh, Jonah fucking cucumber. <laughs> I mean, it would Somebody's make more sense. That's, that's Stuart's biblical knowledge. Which was the cucumber? Yeah, <laughs> he walks into church. What is what is this lettuce? Show me the cucumber. <laughs> Which tell me, don't tell me that story about the fish that eats a cucumber because it's like what? How? Why not? It's a cucumber. I'm not mm. impressed. It doesn't need to be that big a fish. Mm. Yeah. And now imagine all the people who went to see the Tim Burton film Big Fish thinking it was the story of Jonah, and they were so disappointed. And they said, show me the cucumber. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, please please leave the theater. I feel like you need a pretty big fish to eat a whole cucumber, right? (laughs) Yeah, but it doesn't have to be like a whale-sized fish. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Certainly a Um, minnow can't eat a whole cucumber unless you give him a lot of time. mm -hmm. Maybe he doesn't swallow it. Maybe he eats it a little bit at a time. Oh, yeah. Piranhas do that thing, right? Is that – or what about the fish that s- swims up your wiener? <laughs> uh, oh, the, the penis rata? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's- <laughs> or the Archimedes fish that said, give me a lever and a place to stand, and I can eat that whole cucumber. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what Is that, that fish Aristotle? said. Aristotle? No, that was Archimedes. Yeah, okay. that was Archim- Archimedes. Archimedes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you have to imagine that fish that swims up people's <laughs> Star wieners. Star of the dialogue. <laughs> he does it, and then he's like, where am I? Did I do it again? Did I accidentally swim up a stream of being yeah, into someone's wiener? Yeah, well, I yeah. guess I'll just put my spikes out and become a parasite. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. so in that side of the house, they find a house laden with food, and the grandpa is like, Joshua, don't let them eat it. He's knocking on windows. He's a ghost who has to, like, stand outside, which yeah. I think is also very family- funny. Is so excited about this food, which does not look good. It's a it is, farm feast. It's dude. like a collection of <laughs> indifferently green frosted, uh, like baked goods. I think is basically yeah. what it is. But they have yeah. been in a long car ride, so their stomach is really primed for heavy pastries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, get, hand me that biscuit with a bunch of frosting on top and, of it. They say, yeah, because <laughs> since my tummy is is in its peak peak situation after sitting in the back seat of a car, a hot car for hours. Uh, so yeah. Grandpa's like. Joshua, stop them from eating it or they'll be doomed. And Joshua's like, I need your help. And Grandpa goes, I can't stop them myself. All I can do is stop all time for 30 seconds for everyone except you. I can only use my godlike power to give you 30 seconds to think of a way to do it. I can't say use my power to to disappear the food or anything like that. Yeah, And yeah, and he's like, 
he's he's giving them he's giving Joshua a puzzler here. He's giving him a little brain oh, teaser. Yeah, yeah, little I, have, teaser. I have it's thirty a, seconds. How are you going to keep them from eating the food? And now, I, the solution I, he comes up with. Well, before we get to the solution, I just want to say this is similar. Again, I don't want to bring cucumbers back up, but it is like I, I hate to go back to that Jonah story because you know what? It's late to give notes. The story is mm-hmm. thousands of years old. Uh-huh, yep. God, instead of this is like that caterpillar thing. God, instead of going to Jonah and telling him to tell Nineveh, why don't you, you just tell Nineveh? Do the work, mm. dude. Were you busy? I don't think so. If this is caterpillars all over again, skip the step. Anyway, cut out the middleman, who in this case is Jonah. Anyway, so. This so Josh walks around as everyone stands there, sits there frozen in place, but not doing a great job of staying frozen. So in does place. he just pretty uh, good job. like tip over the table or something? Yeah. Would the, well, would you do the thing? Now, now he comes up with would that be one of the first? Because because no, I would, I would get stage fright. I would, <laughs> I would say first thing I would do is not take the, the water food off the table guys. really quickly. But instead, Dan, what does he do? What is his solution? Yeah, he pees all over. The food, which we don't, we don't see it's a that clever, happening. It's a pretty clever cut. Him standing been, on the also, table, about so, to unzip, hard so, cut to food being thrown away, and hard yeah. cut to the food being thrown away, and him being taken up to his room. Now, some and his of the food mom's is, being like, "Don't beat him to death, Michael." And he's like, <laughs> like, "No promises." Yeah, the, and uh, that's what the, farmers do. Some of the food is already in his family's hands. One and almost in their mouths. Yes. So is he just spraying urine all over their faces and hands? That or is, is he that question. good? Is he that good with his with his aim? Yeah, the daughter terrible? was about to, like, she had, she had a corn cob up with some green butter spread all over it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You would have to have that's a pretty what, good That's aim. what we call Amish butter, by the way. Is oh, is it really? Green butter? Yeah. Oh, because... Yeah, I feel like he's, yeah. Because the, the Amish understood the secret of the, of the jolly. Ho, ho, yeah. ho, green butter. Sorry. Secret of the Ooze. I covered up a perfectly good Secret of the Ooze. No, no. Joke when it comes with, to I mean, pop it's not really a joke, just a reference. No, when, a when, when it comes to pop culture references that our audience is, is really in their wheelhouse, Ninja Turtles 2 is not at the same level as the, the old <laughs> jingle for the Green Giant. <laughs> and, you know, most, I think probably it was mostly in my head from its use in a Fire Sign Theater album. So, well, also, I mean, as much as I love them, again, not quite in our really, wheelhouse. At the we, forefront. We tend to, yeah, for new listeners, we tend to operate in mostly an '80s and '90s culture context. Uh, but if you want to, br- maybe, <sighs> maybe you know what? I want my Maypo. Why don't we bring in that stuff? It's Here's not quick. It's quick. Yeah. If you're, uh, you know, an aging uh, Gen Xer or elder millennial, yeah, uh, this show's you know going to be great for you. If you're younger than that, I, we have a lot of younger listeners. I can only assume that this is some sort of anthropological study that they're yeah. all doing. Yeah, yeah. Like, what references do these I need old to connect men with find Grandpa? What can I do? Amusing or and they come away thinking that like Denver, the Last Dinosaur, was a huge <laughs> hit show. You know, <laughs> everyone's talking about it. And so yeah, he pees on the food. Thing. Dad angrily yells at Josh about how you can't pee on hospitality, and he starts removing his belt, and it turns out, no, he's tightening it so he doesn't feel hunger pains. And he has a moment That's here. That's a good bit. And <laughs> he, has, he, goes, he goes, I'm tightening it so I don't feel hunger pains. But he says, he says something, I've been hungry. You don't know what it's like. And suddenly I feel like we get a real look into the past of this dad. He didn't grow up with money. And so to see his son pee all over food to him is really – a real outrage. And so it's, it's a little moment of uh, backstory or hinted backstory. Now, obviously, Dan, 
loves backstory. He wished that the dad would just talk about where he grew up, what uh-huh, his parents yeah. did for a living, how hard it was. D- new listeners need to know Dan loves backstory. Yeah. He always wants to hear backstory. Yeah, yeah, he was hoping for the scene where Grandpa says, like, well, the origins of goblins come from... <laughs> uh, these are all lies that stone are being told stone, about me. And there's a druid priestess with a weird a name. A lot of lies I mean, we will hear that. We'll see that. And so Josh looks around his room, which is decorated with, I think they're Hildebrandt brothers' paintings of trolls and goblins from fantasy stories. Uh, so like, that's like the C-grade Brian Froud, right? Uh, mm. I don't, I mean, I would say more like a lateral, uh, a lateral wow. Boris Vallejo in some ways. Okay. I mean, Did not, you know- where Boris Vallejo does a lot of like muscle men, uh, the, uh, the Hildebrand <laughs> brothers do a lot of like kind of rounder, cuter fantasy characters. Yeah. Yeah. Boris Vallejo does, man, he does cheeks. Better than anyone. That is true. Like, Nobody paints cheeks the way he does. Did you know that the baby in Labyrinth was Brian Froud's kid? Yeah. And uh, I think mm. he grew up to be a puppeteer. So. Oh, that's cool. That's, that's nice. fantastic. That's cool. Yeah. Anyway, so- uh, Like the uh, fantastic artwork of mm-hmm. Brian yeah. Froud. Or you know what? I would say the Hildebrand brothers, maybe they're kind of like slightly above Joe Jusco, who did the Marvel Masterpieces card series oh, okay. years ago. Uh, so again, this is the kind of reference you're going to have to understand if you listen to this podcast, new listeners. You're going to hear a lot about fantasy and science fiction painters mm-hmm. of the 1990s. I will say, we, we haven't even talked about Wayne Barlow, my favorite of all we those painters. Have, we can't, we can't. We don't have time to get into Not Wayne Barlow. Not just because we would annoy the listeners, but because this is a, a sweat box that Stuart and I are in. Oh, We're I forgot that you don't have air conditioning. A, Here I, I am it. in my luxurious air yeah. conditioned in-laws house. Stu's having a schwitz, but I'm going crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So meanwhile, in the RV, Elliot and his friends are doing what they will do through much of the movie, watching the weirdest fucking television shows <laughs> on TV. And I need to know, were those made for this it. movie or was are those existing shows? Because they are bonkers, the little snippets of television that we get to see. <laughs> and not Baby Billy's Bible bonkers as featured in this season of uh, Righteous Gemstones. Or the cartoon bonkers. <laughs> the yeah. kind or of Bonk's Adventures, Roger the video Rabbit game. Or the style. candy bonkers, yeah. Yeah. No, it is, it is just, it is the strangest local access Children's level stuff, right. and I want to know what it is. But Arnold, one of their friends, just friends, Arnold, just immediately goes, I'm tired of this. Where are the horny girls? He basically says, mm-hmm. and goes outside. A girl runs by, her clothes torn. She's clearly in distress. He runs after her. She's being chased by goblins. He jumps on her at one point and is like, Hey, what's going on? And she's like, Goblins, goblins. And I thought for a while that this was a trap, but it's not. He, the goblins show up. He threatens them. He's like, Watch the way I do this. And they are, <laughs> they're, even if they're just, Regular people. There's a lot of them, and they seem scary. And he's like, I mean, I I understand from the attitude of like, let's imagine that in real life, these uh, goblins' outfits look exactly as they do to us. Well, they would look fake. But even if even if a bunch of children in masks, (laughs) even if she's being chased by a bunch of children in masks, I would still be a little scared, especially when one of them. Then one of them. Hurl, he goes okay, and he just hurls a spear into into the into Arnold's chest. And this is one of the moments you see on. Uh, there are two moments this guy has that you would see as as gifts a lot. This one where the spear just goes into his chest, and he just goes ah, <laughs> just staring into space. And then later on, his immortal line: "They're going, they're eating her, and then they're going to eat me." Oh my god! <laughs> Which happens later. So we'll get to that one. Uh, they run into the spear stabbing doesn't hurt him too much. They run to a house that has kind of like a dungeon lab in it, and it is overseen by 
my favorite character in the movie. Yeah, what a, a character that her performance is great. Aside from her weird, gross teeth, I find her genuinely attractive in a way that yeah. that weirds me out a little bit. That I, I'm so I'm so aroused by this weird lady. Yeah, uh, you're, like, <laughs> you're like, why are her lips so chapped? No, well, aside from say- the chapped lips and the and the oh, teeth, I the fact that was part of the appeal. No, no, it's it's her- the fact that she looks like a crazy, creepy librarian, which it, which really yeah, is, that, is yeah. my type. You know, that's a thing. Her. She's got this like metallic sheen on her teeth, and I have to admit, you know, like back in the days I was watching this, uh, the days I was watching this, oh, like it happened all the time. Back in the days, yeah. yeah back no, in I the mean, days. Like, John I, Mellencamp, write us up a ditty, please. It's been a long time <laughs> since I've seen Troll Two, although I, you know, was someone who had screened it as a bad movie. But like uh, back in the day, I think I was watching on a low resolution enough television that uh-huh. I was that like, you couldn't see the teeth and the chapped lips. I yeah. was like, are she wearing? Braces? Is that like yeah. druid that, witch wearing braces? I also, it's tough. It, I mean, we were, were we were watching it this time through the streaming high def of the, Tubi. The Tubi, Tubi, perhaps Magic the best, perhaps the best streaming service there is. Oh, so much stuff. But uh, so she, it does look like she just has braces at first. So she, at first, she just seems like a goth librarian with braces. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, finally, finally, my, a, a heartthrob for me. Uh, seeing as my wife is a librarian, she doesn't have braces. Yeah, you already right started now. packing up a bag to go to move to Nilbach. I hear there's a bunch of hot ladies there. This, <laughs> this teenage kid told me. Yeah, and so uh, she uh, takes a lot of time with this incredibly over-the-top performance that I really love. She has the worst <laughs> fake accent. She, it's so, she is so melodramatic. She might be, she acts like she's in a silent movie. She's so, mm. her, her actions are so big that she is the queen of the goblins. She's Credence Leonora Gildgood uh, <laughs> or, or Gilgild, Gilgold. Gilgood. Anyway. Yeah. good. And uh, she's a descendant of Stonehenge druids. She makes that very clear. And she gives them a healing broth to drink, which is obviously something you shouldn't drink, but she just keeps saying, yeah. More, have your broth, have your broth. It's goblin transformation poison. Sap starts flowing from the girl's forehead. Arnold just stands there eating his broth, watching this, until she transforms into a plant. And it becomes, as as Credence says, one with the vegetable world and is food for the goblins. And they run in and eat her, leading again, as I said, to that immortal line. They're eating her, and then they're going to eat me. Oh, my God! <laughs> and cut to that night. Holly practices a dance routine in her room in front of her mirror. Again, I love this dance uh-huh. routine. It yeah. starts with her holding her <laughs> curved fingers in front of her eyes like goggles. Yeah. It's an amazing move she to start a dance routine She looks like with. Nomi Malone seeing... Crystal, Gina Gershon, for the first time, yeah. and doing those little hands in front of her face that she <laughs> no, that, does. That, that like, wah, wah, like that, that yeah. Move, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she, it's just, it's a great dance routine. And I, again, I totally believe this teenage girl character in scenes like this. This is the kind mm-hmm. of stuff I assume teen in girls her are Garfield, doing all the time. Uh, in her sweatshirt. Her o- oversized Garfield shirt that she's going to sleep in, doing a dance routine. But then uh, her grandpa appears in the mirror and startles her and because uh, he's looking for Josh, but he got the wrong room. Josh agrees to switch rooms with her. <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, wrong number. <laughs> and grandpa's like, I got the wrong room. It's a new What's house. That, Demolition Man? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Yeah, or the movie Sorry, Wrong Number, which is not doesn't apply <laughs> to this situation. Kind of uh, kind of like Demolition Man. Yeah. yeah. It's like uh, the Demolition Man of its day. Sorry, wrong number. Also stars <laughs> Wesley Snipes. <laughs> it was advertised as the Demolition Man of its day, but you have to wait 50 years for that to make sense. And then uh, as w- people... We're waiting for so long, and then Demolition Man came out, and they're like, "What? They're not like at all." It's <laughs> not like, like that movie at and all. And then yeah. Ashton Kutcher jumped out from behind a car and is like, "Punked." 
You were like, punk. wait, you were so you weren't even born when I don't understand how any of this was set up. Punked old man. Now go to Nineveh and tell them they're being sinful. You're a cucumber. And they're like, mm-hmm. what? How did I? I became a cucumber. Ashton yeah. Kutcher, you have a biblical power of transfiguration. Yeah. I yeah. do. That's why anytime somebody God tries, any time somebody uses AI to recreate biblical <laughs> descriptions of angels, it just looks like Ashton Kutcher every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah punking someone. Uh, so Grandpa is like. Hey, Josh, you got to get everybody to leave. I can't do it because your parents never take my advice. I told your mom not to marry your dad because I hate him, and she <laughs> didn't do that. So I'm not even going to bother anymore. And again, this is I love. This wow, is so, this I love is the so backstory. Fu- it's I love the backstory. It's so funny to me that the grandpa is like, I know that now I'm a ghost and I'm trying to save their lives, but they wouldn't take my advice when I was alive, so they can go to hell. I'm not even going to bother <laughs> to talk to them. Well, also I'm totally. I have no problem now that I'm dead. I will badmouth your dad straight to your right face. Right to you. I mean. <laughs> That's a very, I don't know, you're, I, this is something my grandparents had no compunctions about. So I don't, don't want to play with ethnic, uh, ethnic stereotypes, but Seth does sound like and a Jewish Joshua, grandpa name. It's very possible. Except, I, I mean, okay, well, do you know what? The mom doesn't seem Jewish, but it's very possible that the mom is Jewish, the dad is not. This is a cross-cultural thing, and that grandpa was like, you're a goy, a Gentile. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, what a Chandra. As long oh, as we're making up backstory. Backstory. They got <laughs> yeah. married. Grandpa Seth immediately said the mourner's Scottish because his daughter was dead to him now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. The names, the names. And, and, and of course, Judaism has a rich folklore of goblins, I guess. What a great Flophouse book project. If, look, if there's uh-huh. a literary agent out there that can sell this, we, the Flophouse, novelized Troll 2. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we try and make it all make sense. We fill in the backstory. With our elaborate backstories. I feel like while watching this, I'm like, I feel like if Ari Aster had made his own A24 version of Troll 2, it wouldn't necessarily be better than this. <laughs> but it would be, it probably would be a little more Jewish at times. Uh, yeah. And I will say, guys, I know there's there's goblins in Judaism because the book Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins, my favorite Hanukkah book, because it's about Hanukkah and it's scary and the art is gorgeous. So you know mm-hmm. what? Let's do it, guys. Let's make a Jewish goblin movie. Let's do it. Let's and finally, will the fact that Jews have been stereotyped as goblins, <coughs> J.K. Rowling, <coughs> mm-hmm. uh, we can finally own that by making. You know what? We're gonna do it, guys. We're gonna change the way people think about Jews and goblins in this in my new in my new movie, <laughs> Troll Three. There's trolls now. <laughs> or, <laughs> trolls Three new, so there's trolls. You know. Oh, okay. I mean, I kind of zoned out for a second, so I didn't think that we agreed to this, but apparently no, we, we did. did. Yeah, we took yeah, a blood oath. signed up. We're making it. We're making that Jew, a Jewish novelization of Troll Two. Well, yeah. Elliot sent over the email that has the DocuSign, and you just <laughs> lazily scroll. You didn't even yeah, look at track that. Thing, I sign you know. everything that people put in front of me. I've yeah. got yeah. so many wheelings and dealings. Yeah, you're a business boy. <laughs> put a piece of paper in front Dan of me. Dan McCoy, yeah. business boy. That's going to be your new podcast, right? Where you talk about business all your boy, business Dan ideas. McCoy, that's yeah. what yeah. it's called. Baby boy, that's, business boy. Dana that's where you, you record most of the podcast laying back on a couch with sunglasses on. <laughs> and you yeah. mainly are just listing the various cars you own. <laughs> I am, of course, in a, you know, a robe from a hotel, even though I'm in my own home. Yeah, a hotel robe. And I'm somehow, yeah. again, eating I mean, uh, room service, even though I'm in my own home. That's how, yeah, you yeah. Made, that's how you made so much money in business is by not paying for your own clothes. Instead, you steal them from hotels. <laughs> oh, that was the secret. Not paying for a hotel room, but just getting all the amenities. All the just sneaking yeah. into the hotel room, stealing the robe and all the Toblerones, <laughs> and then and then uh, leaving the, the bill for whoever was actually staying in that room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like a regular uh, uh, 
uh, Miami Blues or whatever, just a uh-huh, con man yep. sneaking into places. Yeah, talented and Mr. Uh, Ripley, the the less talented <laughs> Mr. Ripley. It was called. He couldn't he couldn't con people, but he could sneak into hotel rooms. Yeah, <laughs> the, the adequate Mr. Ripley. <laughs> The more talented than you, technically, Mr. Ripley. Yeah. Uh, so that not uh, the talented but not professional, Mr. Ripley. That's what yeah. it was originally called. Yeah. And it was like he you go to his house and he plays piano, and you're like, you're really good. Like you're not. I wouldn't pay to see you play, but like you're really uh-huh. good for someone who's yeah. te- technically just a dentist. It's Dan yeah. McCoy you are say. local, okay, regional, Mr. Ripley. Yeah. <laughs> Public access, Touring Mr. Ripley. Mr. Ripley. <laughs> Plays in church basements, Mr. Ripley, uh, in old folks' homes. Okay, so uh, the, uh, grandpa's like, Josh, they never take my advice. You got to get them out of here. The next morning, Elliot's friends foolishly left without bringing any food with them. They have no supplies. <laughs> so uh, one of their- I mean, one that, of the, that actually tracks, honestly. One yeah. of the friends whose name I, I can't- it's, It comes up later. Uh, it's like Gus or something. He has to run through the woods to go shopping for supplies. I will uh, say that aside from- Arthur, the guy with the glasses? Arnold. All the Arnold. These guys all look alike. I feel like the perfect friend group. You need like one big guy, you need a little guy, you have a guy with glasses. They should have mixed it up. That's all I'm saying. They should. I agree. I agree. Uh, the friend and so and the dad noticed at the farmhouse, farmhouse, there's no food except old gross milk that's been there for Mm -hmm. weeks. So Josh and Dad leave to also get groceries. Are they gonna Run into each other, these characters. We'll see. Uh, the friend gets a lift. What about into town. all the uh, what about all the piss soaked food in the garbage? <laughs> uh, I, I think you're they decided that they eat it. Or I mean, if you're really hungry, that's true. They, yeah. They've not yet gotten to the point where they're going to eat the pissed on garbage food. Okay, since they okay. do believe there's but a general them, store. Yeah, for the most part, it is sterile. But there are, you know, it's not. That's for the most part. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know previous, what jo- uh, Josh's cleanliness ritual Yeah, previous <laughs> uh, claims that urine is entirely sterile have been found. Uh, so if I step on a jellyfish... Mm-hmm. Then you're going to break your mother's back. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> One of two reasons not to do it, the other being that the jellyfish doesn't enjoy it either. <laughs> Unless the jellyfish is paying they you never, to step on its well, back. never bring that up. What kind of shoe is Stuart wearing? Oh, that's, that's true. true. Good point, good point, yeah. Only uh, red bottoms, baby. So, uh, so the friend gets a lift into town from the local sheriff, who gives him a roll, a roll to eat. It's wrapped in plastic, so he figures it's okay. Or maybe it's a sandwich. I couldn't tell. Uh, at the, then the friend goes to the creepy general store, where the creepy general store keeper only has milk on sale, only Nilbog brand milk, nothing else. And he's like, he goes, I thought maybe, maybe you could have some meat. Meat. Ugh, ugh. He's disgusted by the very idea. And uh, he gives him t- some milk for free. And the friend is already stumbling away in a daze. Well, he like, also— It's like if you go into Eleven Madison Park. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Dan, tell me, tell us a little more about this storekeeper. Because what I learned after the fact oh. was this storekeeper uh, was a an inmate from a local sanitarium who had a day pass for the day and, ha- yes. and was not necessarily was also stoned. acting. And was stoned it, at the time, yeah. Yes. No, I read that as well. Uh, no, he, he's, I mean, I think if you hear that story and you imagine a man, you've imagined the exact correct man for the yeah. scenario. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do think it's funny that he's like, oh, meat, uh, and he's like, we're all, everyone in Nilbog's a vegetarian, which like, I know that this other, this kid is in the process of changing into vegetable Plants. matter, but. Like I feel thing. like still that raises a lot of questions where you're like, okay, is this was this a planned community then? Is this like our, you know, is this a 
some sort of mm-hmm. organization. Well, how is it true that everyone it's, in town is a vegetarian? I mean, it's possible that it's possible that the vegetarian. I mean, because they're all goblins, that's why. But is it possible? It's possible. Oh, I know, oh. Elliot. Oh, As a viewer, I'm oh. just but it, saying. It's, it's possible this was one of the many towns in America that were started as kind of like vegetarian utopian communities in the 19th mm-hmm. century. Eventually they became a lot of angry anger about sex and who wasn't sleeping with who and who was sleeping with who. And then they became regular towns. But it could be one of those, one of those kind of like uh, free-living, free-loving vegetarian communities. Uh, like, a, like a road to Wellville type thing? Exactly, mm-hmm. or like an Oneida or something like that, you know. Uh, and maybe and then the goblins came in and took over the town. And yeah, were, again, were the goblins- this is all grist for our book. Uh, get in touch with us for the... For the whole, yeah, for the book, book or I mean, I feel like this is. I mean, this you'll would be also have to buy those, the uh, rights to Trolls Two. That's no, the one you don't. Trolls, as long as as long as you two. buy a book with the storyboards for Troll Two, you can just make it into a, whatever you want. I learned oh, that okay. from that Dune book. Oh, auction. that makes sense, actually. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, why but, Dune Two is owned by those guys. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's produced and directed by. It just says cre- credits the guys, you know, uh, and. Uh, so, but here's the thing: we don't have to write Troll Two as long. It's what we're really re- writing in our is kind of like a Troll Marillion, kind of like the backstory oh, okay. and the yeah. creation right. of the Troll universe or Trolliverse. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, it could just be an annotation. Yeah, yeah. I see where you're the, going. Yeah, yeah, Martin Gardner's the annotated Troll Two. Uh, yeah. It's it's a brilliant book. So uh, he, the, the creepy general store keeper, gives him milk, uh, but he's already stumbling away into the forest in a daze. And uh, the locals are like, hey, your friends came to tell us they want you to go look, go to the old house that looks like a church. He's like, well, okay, okay. Meanwhile, back in that old house that looks like a church, uh, Credence, the witch lady, she is talking to her new plants about a pudding she made that she's going to give to the to, uh, to the – to the family, and she talks about and how she's going to Is she doing pure- it normal style or big into the back seats? Very big into the back seats. <laughs> lots of hand movements, lots of, well, this will purify the intestines and bring them closer to nature. A lot yeah, of that kind it's, of a, it's a performance that is a lot of like, this. I'm stealing this for every role-playing bad guy ever. I don't know why she needs plants to eat, because she is chewing up that scenery something fierce. <laughs> And, uh, and there's a, and well, she's, scenery doesn't have a lot of nutrients in it, Elliot. But, but it's well, probably made out of vegetables. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If you make the scenery out of like tofu or something and you put like a That's sauce true. on there. That's true. Everything's yeah. like Satan these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dan, Dan, uh, you keep trying to get me to worship Satan and I will not do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I was going to suggest tempeh, but you would not want to go to Arizona right now. <laughs> <laughs> not if I'm going to pronounce it that way. That, no, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, so uh, the, the new plant she's talking to <laughs> is Elliot's friend that's, Arnold. Sorry, I got to take a moment to appreciate that, that was uh, one of the moments we've gotten closer to being the Marx Brothers. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's true. That's, that's a good point. I want to appreciate it. Okay, yeah. anyway, go on. Unfortunately, mo- the most Marx Brothers were usually the most like is Zeppo, uh, <laughs> looking uncomfortable, being a little awkward, and then eventually <laughs> leaving the group. Uh, so outside the closed Is there like a Marx Brother that's like, Cool. Really into weightlifting like, and stuff. Like a hot, cool <laughs> yeah, Marx yeah, Brothers. Uh, 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 yeah, Muslo. Muslo, the weightlifting <laughs> yeah, Marx Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Bol- Making sure bol- he gets his macros in. Swolo. There's the five Marx Brothers. Groucho, Chico, Harpo, Zeppo, and Swolo. Yeah, you never, yeah, yeah. You he, would never is know he, Is he super vascular? That's uh, kind of what I love, I'm shooting for. I love the idea of, uh, now, it's like Harpo gets his harp solo. Chico gets his, chico, his, his, his piano solo. Swolo gets the solo where he just lifts weights on screen for 
five straight minutes. <laughs> Audiences at the time loved it because in vaudeville, you gave them a full show. It well, wasn't just comedy. You also do some weightlifting in there. Yeah, well, you do the anvil chorus, but he's lifting up actual anvils. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, all the shenanigans are going around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. The... Uh, it's, now, now I just want to think of other Marx Brothers that that don't add that much to the to the to the act, you know. Oh, that's a canto. While that he he's the one who who yeah. just makes sure the books are in order while they're There's, while they're doing this. Make makes sure every every brother gets there on time. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's a really long. It's a long, a long name. name he but. wasn't very good at his job, apparently. So outside the closed, now closed general store, it's been closed in the few minutes since uh, the friend got his free milk. Uh, Josh's dad, he finds a vegetable cookbook and a rocking chair, <laughs> and he just sits in it and starts reading it until he falls That's asleep. classic dad move, though, right? <laughs> yeah. I love it. And uh, Josh, that sounds pretty good right now. I, I feel like I, I'm like, man, that would be like catnip to Dan. They got Dan locked at that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this town has a has a, a, a rocking chair I can fall asleep in in public <laughs> and a free vegetarian vegetarian cookbooks. Yeah, sign me up. Well, how do I get to Nilbog? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Later on, we have like a uh, basic cable erotic dance, and I'm like, man, they're ticking all Dan's boxes here. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, they should uh. call it Dan Ilbog. Anyway, so, uh, but Josh looks in a mirror and sees that a street sign realizes Nilbog is goblin backwards. Oh, no. What? <laughs> Wait, which what? is a weird way to figure it out. I mean, honestly, just looking at the word is probably just as easy than seeing the letters fully yeah. reversed. Especially when he's heard the word goblin so many times at this point. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I just assumed it was named after Jedediah Nilbog, the founder of the town. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's a coincidence. He w- it was founded by Jedediah. It's in honor of how goblins. many bogs are in the town, which is nil. Which <laughs> is none, yeah. Founders were like, we shall call it nil bog <laughs> in honor of the most important <laughs> geographical feature that we look for in a town. The lack of bogs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds, honestly, if there was a nil bog New Jersey, I would not be shocked. I mean, like <laughs> but there are bogs lead. in New Jersey. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're also are goblins in New Jersey. Uh, yeah. now, but what if they were like, We'll call it Nilbaz because there are no Boz skags in this town. <laughs> well, there are no bogs also. You're right. And Let's then, call it Nilbog. Boz skags yeah. came. But then he they wanted Boz skags to come for the, yeah, the town fair. And they're like, I've got to change things. Well, okay. they said his name three times into a mirror, so he showed up. <laughs> Just- yeah, that's what happens Weird. with Boss Skaggs. Yeah. Boss Nass, however, if you say his name, he <laughs> just as, holds up a glowing orb. Say it, say it as many times as you like. Boss Nass is too too busy. Yeah. He's so, a big uh, time. And sketches by Boz, I'm sure you can find a copy of sure. it somewhere. Yeah. I'm halfway through reading it, and I have been for a long time. Yeah. You take it's your time with boss. those sketches. Because you thought they were actual sketches, and you opened up and you went, words? Oh, no. Uh, so... Uh, the so Josh sca- Josh does whatever you do when you realize the town is full of goblins. He leaves his dad sleeping on the street and just skateboards away to explore. Uh, <laughs> he and the shopping friend he's he's wandering through the woods. Ble- his head is bleeding green. He tries to drink the milk, but it's so gross and he throws it on the ground. Meanwhile, we're cutting between these scenes so fast. Credence shows up at the family's house with her welcome pudding, which is clearly a cake. It's clearly yeah. a cake. It's not a pudding. Isn't uh, that what they call puddings in like England or something? Well, they, there's a certain type of pastry that they call a pudding. Like a Yorkshire mm-hmm. pudding is really. I like was a asking pastry. our resident fucking bakery boy, Elliot. <laughs> <Sorry. Harry laughs> don't, don't ask me who was just in England eating Yorkshire pudding. Go well, ask him. Yeah. yeah, this bitch in was in England too. Yeah, that's Yorkshire true. That's pudding. true. I did have Yorkshire pudding. It's you a, guys I mean, all went to England with Alex without me, and honestly, I'm like, are they <laughs> doing a fucking live show? We, we didn't I didn't go see together. Either of those other people. I almost saw Alex. We couldn't get it together the last minute yeah 
So tell me about uh, pudding, Yorkshire Stan. pudding. I mean, like that's kind of I like mean, a popover batter. It, you know, it's uh, it's baked often with the drippings from the meat. Uh-huh. Yeah, it extra delicious. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But like when Pink Floyd gets all worked up about you can't, you know, you can't have your pudding until you eat your meat. What do they mean? They mean like a little, like a little Jello pudding pack. <laughs> yeah, it's gogurt. I mean, they call gogurt pudding in. in I, they do. Yeah. I think that that's not what all Pink savory Floyd's talking about. Yeah, savory that's puddings, what but. The wall is a wall in a grocery store filled with <laughs> gogurt. <laughs> also, <laughs> the pudding is. That's look. why the, the song goes. We don't need no tubes of gogurt. Bam, 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 bam. On second thought, actually, we uh-huh. would like that gogurt. Real quick, Elliot. Elliot Dan was going to explain this. No, 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 no hey, I'm saying gogurt. Please give me some why, other. No, 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 real quick. Hey, we got this. We got this. Don't you worry got, about okay. it. All in all, why? we're just a, another tube of gogurt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just gonna say, take a second. It's just going to be a second. Dan's explaining this. Uh, still be a treat is like just for me. I don't know about you, but. Yeah, okay. Like I like meat. But you know what sounds even better than meat? Some What's, batter that's been cooked in some meat juice. That yeah, sounds good. That's a good that point. sounds good to me. Yeah. yeah. Let's that's do okay, it. Okay, sold. Let's do it. Okay, but that's yeah, not. That's our new job. We're going to be. Okay. You know, I guess uh, we're going to be like first cow style uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cake sellers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, that shit looked really good. Didn't you want to eat those cakes? Uh, I'll be honest. I still haven't seen it. Oh, I, I know it's oh, very first good. First count, yeah, it's, it's great. It's really, so, really so touching. Josh has really he stumbles onto it. He stumbles onto a town kind of religious revival meeting. There's a preacher there who's talking all about how bad meat is. He discussed the parishioners by talking about meat and the farm family who was supposed to be at their house enjoying all the modern appliances that you don't have in a farm, like refrigerators and radios. They're mm-hmm. at the meeting and they catch Josh spying on them. Meanwhile. Holly it's funny that you up. say meeting because later on they're going to have Joshua eating. <laughs> and they don't like meat. They're really taking the meat out of meeting. Uh, so Holly goes up to Elliot and says, here's the choice. Fuck me or hang out with your friends. That's the choice. You cannot do both. Yeah. And we're left wondering what's it going to be. He loves hanging out with his friends. And she like punches him, right, too? Yeah. Yeah, that was does. my favorite part of the movie. I'm like, yeah. yeah, this kid needs to be smacked around a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Maybe he's not ready. Maybe it's not okay for her to be pressuring Look, him this way. I don't know. I mean, we're, nice, we're, we're adding rich backstory. Maybe he's a closeted man, and I shouldn't be upset that he doesn't want to have sex with his girlfriend. Yeah. You know, but he he, he shouldn't be stringing her along like this. Yeah, she's clearly clarity is kindness. Clearly yeah. ready to go. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. So uh, the parishioners are trying to force Josh to eat some Nilbog ice cream. They're like, children love ice cream. Have some ice cream. And uh, they're serving it by both goblins and townspeople. Some of them are just goblins now. And they keep chanting, open your mouth, my little friend. Please open <laughs> it. Open your mouth, my little friend. Please open it. It is so awkwardly phrased. Uh, but that's when dad, yep. dad, dad runs in. He woke up from his that's nap. That's I run in. <laughs> I'm like, guys, if you're from the future, this is going to be heralded. Hilarious. Yeah. It's <laughs> one of the worst movies ever. You can so, choose to continue going, knowing that, or not. But If you continue to make this movie, turn to page 47. If you decide not to make this movie, turn to page 62. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and you can't put your finger on this page. No, no, so that no, no. if you no. don't like the results, you can just go back. That's you gotta up. go with it. No, but what don't if play I die? I don't want to have to go through the whole rest of the book again if I die. That's, Look, that was know. the agreement you signed when you bought this Choose Your Own Adventure, the making of Troll 2 book. <laughs> that you were gonna play it like real life. Like real life, Dan. Like That's, Dan guess, in real life with you your know, head on a stack of pancakes. If I can't have integrity in yeah. my smallest moments when no one's watching, then... <laughs> 
If you well, want to put your head on a stack of pancakes, go to page 12. <laughs> <laughs> Dan. You show up to your date sticky. <laughs> Dan, the way, the way we act when nobody's watching, that decides who we are. Because you know who's watching? Yeah. Ashton Kutcher prank God. And you know <laughs> oh, he's going to yeah. turn you into a cucumber and make a fish eat you. He's going to be like, if Dan goes, if Dan Piece puts his finger in there so he cheats, I'm so sending him to Nineveh to tell them mm. that they're being sinful. It's going to be hilarious. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, I can't believe Dan- this shit's going to be like, this episode's going to be labeled under like, uh, filed under Bible studies. Yeah, or- faith and religion. <laughs> yeah. Ecumenical. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to diversify here in our 400th episode. They had all the quadrants. Yeah. yeah. All like, 67 all quadrants. All 60, yeah. I don't know why they keep calling it quadrants. But. Yeah. Humor, <laughs> goblins, religion, insulting <laughs> dentists. We've got it all. Uh, so, yep. Uh, on the, so dad saves Josh and he's like, they're monsters. And dad is like, don't insult our get, our our hosts that we're force feeding you ice cream. And on the drive home, dad, they pass Holly arguing with Elliot. Elliot decides to go with him, leaving his last friend alone at the RV, perhaps never to be seen again. Meanwhile, shopping friend, he finally gets to that evil house. Plant Arnold is there and he's like, mm, mm, oil can, oil can, help yeah. save me. And uh, Drew has to tear the bark off his mouth so Arnold can talk. And Arnold's like, drag me out of here because his feet are in a pot, in a potted plant pot. And he has to, he's dragging this potted plant with his friend planted <laughs> in it. And it is genuinely hilarious watching him yeah. trying to drag this thing out of the house <laughs> in a subtle way. And of course, goth librarian, uh, the, the, you know, she interrupts. D.L. Gilgood or whatever her name yeah, is. Yeah, she knocks out Drew and then uh, chainsaws Arnold to make him into a <laughs> smoothie, which it's, uh, Drew is the friend. That's right. We learned his name is Drew at this point. She knocks out and she chainsaws Arnold. Which is weird because she's a Druid and he's a uh, Drew. Yeah. And they who's both, following so his you think id. they would make yeah. it work. And they're both fans yeah. of the Wizard of Id, but they don't uh, okay. like Johnny Hart's other work. They find it too preachy. Mm. Uh, so- the others arrive back at their rental house. They find that all the townspeople are throwing a welcome party. There's food everywhere. If you said to yourself, is this scarier than the scene in Southern Comfort when they end up at the Cajun town and everyone's yes. dancing and singing? Yes, very much so. As off-putting <laughs> as that scene is, there's a real folk joy to it. Not everyone there wants to kill these soldiers, just a few of the people there. But here, they all want to eat these people. So it is not a party that you want to be at unless you're a goblin. And Josh is like, don't eat it, don't eat it. And dad is like, go to your room. You are being inhospitable. And uh, he calls for his grandpa in the mirror, but who in the peers in the mirror but Credence? And she jumps out of the mirror as a troll and attacks him, and the mirror shatters. And that's when grandpa appears with an axe and chops Credence Goblin's hand off. And the goblin, in I think, Which- a fantastic— a fantastic effect. The goblin leaps back through the mirror and the mirror reforms and Credence appears in her house. And I thought that was a really good edit. That yeah, edit looks cool. really cool. That was the one time when the movie almost becomes a phantasm film. Like it almost yeah. reaches the level of almost almost elegantly effortless kind of surreal uh, cheap effectness that that Don Cascarelli pulls off so well in Phantasm. Uh, well, I, I want to go back to before this uh, Credence clear mirror revival mm-hmm. ah! and say that <laughs> go, go to iTunes right now and give us five stars just for that joke. Dan's there, fucking cooking the, right you know, now. The, this really underlines what you're saying like about why doesn't the grandpa just do it all? If, the, if he can do If he can appear thing. with an axe and, and fight, can, a physically fight a, a goblin. Yeah, yeah. Influence the physical world. Anyway. I mean, yeah. I think he also uh, he, he has some resentment toward his family. Uh, he's yeah, trying I mean, to he's an old man. Suffer. I mean, he probably feels like I've done enough. Yeah. You know, someone else should take it. Maybe that was a massive expenditure of his soul energy to do that. It's possible because later later he's only up a little bit. Yeah. 
Uh, this reminds me of that old song, of course. Old man, look at my life. I'm a ghost like you <laughs> are. Oh, yeah, it's being sure said by an old man. Yeah, yeah. I've been grandpa through it. the desert on a horse with with a ghost with no name. Not yeah, the same okay. person, but the sound similar. It's a different uh-huh. band. Yeah, how that song went. Similar. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. did. Anyway, all I remember about that song is oh, that yeah, there's, yeah. there's things in rings of, in the desert. I'm a bigger fan of the Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Ghost songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on this harvest ghost. And, of course, I've been searching uh-huh. for a heart of ghost. That's a big uh-huh. hit, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, so, Green... So Credence back at the hot, at the at her house, she uses the power of the stones of Stonehenge, which she has in her house, yep. uh, to regrow her hand. As Grandpa gleefully hands Josh a Molotov cocktail to throw to burn the whole house down, and Grandpa could not be more excited burn about the idea. Burn it down the house. He yep. sings. B- right. Burn, I just wanted yeah. to. Burn in with the ghost. Yeah, Dan, get Mm -hmm. on the action. Did you see how fun it is to just insert a little bit of a song? Just sing, man. Just just like after so many, you know, after 400 episodes, just nice to raise our voices together. song and praise. This is is going to become a karaoke (laughs) podcast where we sing mix them up karaoke songs. Mm -hmm. Just do it. I've been doing it for years. Why don't we mix them up? Stewart Cup. Uh Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Make like a that. new song from them. Yeah. Uh, no, Why don't still we learning, do it in the ghost? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's intangible. <laughs> we can go right through him. So that should have gotten rid of all the new listeners we've Yeah, new listeners. Sorry about that. So he has a Molotov cocktail. He immediately uses it and burns all the goblins, right? No. Mm. Un- unfortunately, while even though the Neil Boggins are clapping to music for the family for a long time, as the other family members sit in a circle looking awkward the, as, the Neil, as the goblin humans clap— Grandpa is about to light the fuse when the preacher who hates meat shows up, just plucks the Molotov cocktail out of Josh's hand and casts a spell that hurts Grandpa's ghost form so hard, so, you know, uh, somehow. And Grandpa casts a spell back that causes the preacher to burst into flame. Yeah, uh, like a bolt of lightning flies from the sky and sets the Molotov cocktail off. Yes, and uh, the and it seems to be like that. He uses up the last of his ectoplasmic energy to do that, or something like that. Like he has to leave after that. Dad runs yeah. out, extinguishes the fire, revealing a burnt-up goblin body. Now everyone Gross. sees the truth, and the sheriff declares that the family must die. But instead of doing anything to, <laughs> I need to, to act, we haven't we haven't even talked about this. Okay, but we're introduced to the sheriff earlier, and his yeah. name is Sheriff Gene Freak. <laughs> and if I came up with that name, I would have saved that shit for a better movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. Every, every, even a bad movie can have a stroke of genius in the middle of it. Yeah. Gene freak. Yeah, and so felt uh, like it sounds. Just felt, yeah, exactly. The same slur you would hurl at a mutant in an X Men comic. <laughs> <laughs> That's his birth name. And so uh, he's he's, he's uh, well. The original last name of the family was Mind Freak, but we changed it at Ellis Island. <laughs> <laughs> I changed it to sound less Chris Angel. Uh, so they, they know they're goblins, and the sheriff goes, This is you my, must... uh, this is, <laughs> his... sorry. My wife, uh, she, of course, is a superintendent at the school, super freak. Uh... Uh-huh. Yeah, these are my <laughs> yeah, brothers. Yeah. They're fabulous and fury. <laughs> Did I say fury or fury? You said fury. Yeah, you said fury. Uh, yeah. Alex, make it sound cooler. <laughs> no, the, they're, they're, they're the... Don't correct it to furry. Just... Make it sound cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, Throw some like laser beams. We all remember when when Bruce Lee was in Fists of Furry Freak, Freak Brothers. Yeah, <laughs> they made a little bit of changing, a little bit of changes to the uh, original source material. But you know, it, like as much as when when uh, when Jet Li starred in that Mr. B Natural movie, and it was like, <laughs> so that's why Mr. B Natural is extending his legs so far to do a roundhouse yeah. kick. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, it's called Keep on Fighting. Anyway, uh, so. 
Uh, the sheriff says, you must die. But then the goblins don't really do anything. They just stand there and stare at the family as the family runs back into the house. Credence, back at Stonehenge, she casts a spell and the moon goes away and she's transformed into a more mainstream, beautiful woman. She loses her gray teeth and ultra-chapped lifts, but she also loses her glasses and loses her general kind of like, she still has kind of a goth librarian vibe, but not as much of one. And so Uh I, I really missed that. She's a more conventional sex object at this point. The family is under siege, just not under siege uh, in that they are- Dark territory. Yeah, as in they're a (laughs) chef who was a Marine and now he's on a train and Eric Bogosian is there. Uh, Or that he is a (laughs) chef who's on a battleship and Gary Busey is there. But in fact, they under siege- And Eric Alaniac. And Eric Alaniac, yeah, in one of the most famous scenes involving a cake ever (laughs) ever committed to film. as now, a kid, I watched that scene so many times. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, re- this reminds me. Recently, I was driving to a Writers Guild strike rally with star of the Flophouse Hallie Haglin, and for some reason, she brought up the movie Just One of the Guys and brought up the uh, the topless scene at the end as if I wasn't familiar with it, as if it was <laughs> something like, that. Have you heard that, about this? Do you yeah, know she's this, like uh, walking you through it. <laughs> Are you aware? I was of- like, uh, don't worry. I was 11 years old with HBO. I am aware of just one of the guys in the topless shot they're in. Okay, that was so like anyway. me when I was like, I caught part of that, at least that scene on HBO. And I remember going to the video store and trying to explain to my mom what movie I wanted to rent, but without <laughs> tipping my hands. <laughs> like, so there's a woman who dresses as a man. She's like, did you see Victor Victoria? <laughs> I don't think so, mom. Was it Twelfth Night? Is that what you're yeah. talking about? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of similarities. Are you talking about yeah. the unreleased yet? She's the man. That's not going to come out for yeah. several years, yeah. Stuart. You, yeah, my you ended up you, you ended up with Catherine Hepburn and Sylvia Scarlet, and you're like, all right, I guess I'll watch this. Not the same. Uh, so they uh, they're under siege, but it's mostly just the goblin people. Goblin uh, people just standing around outside. But the sheriff he throws a bag of sandwiches at the door and says, "Eat this, or we'll kill you violently." Uh, yeah. They decide instead to hold a seance for Grandpa. Holly is like, why don't we hold a seance? And Joshua's like, Holly, you're a genius. It's another moment of real bonding between these siblings who have had their troubles in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, there are different points in their life. They argue a lot. But you can tell that when they grow up and they have their own families, they're going to really bond with each other. And it's going to be a real connection. Again, more grist for the Troll 2 novelization. Uh, Mm -hmm. So – Elliot's yeah, final friend. The, the novelization is going to be like the waves where we just kind of go back and forth yes. in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, or, or to the lighthouse, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the so uh, Elliot's final friend, he's sitting at the RV watching more inexplicable television when Credence appears in her new guise as a sexy seductress. She has an ear of corn with her and he's so mm-hmm. hungry. He doesn't know what he wants more, sex or eating. And so he she beckons him to join her and then he does and then they go back inside they some of the least sexy keyboard music I've ever heard <laughs> is playing in the background of this. It's like it it feels like game show music, and it's very funny that it plays throughout the scene. It's uh she seduces him in a way where they are both taking bites out of opposite sides of the cob the corn cob at the same time, as if they're gonna eat their way through it, Lady in the Tramp style. But there's no way they're just gonna crunch through a corn cob. That would be insane. Come on, they yeah. can't do that. And suddenly. And he goes, he's like, yeah, I like popcorn. And everything's getting so hot and heavy that suddenly popcorn is just exploding off of the corn cob everywhere. Yeah. And it is maybe Everybody the, remembers their first time, you know? Yeah, it is maybe the funniest metaphor for sex I've ever seen in a movie. Just that popcorn exploding between people's faces. Oh, and he later after, on is drowned in that popcorn. Yes, After yes. the fact, the, um, the screenwriter and director, like, would claim that this movie was always meant to be comic. And 
to some degree, that's the sort of like saving face thing that people always say when it's what one Tommy was always said about the room. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. it's meant to be a comedy when it's clearly not. Uh, I mean, on the other hand, there are scenes like this in here where you can like, yeah, no, I can, I can see where some of this was meant to be comedic. Yeah, yeah, but it still doesn't work on that. Well, level there, it either. feels like they're they're going for like a critters type thing where it's like there are jokes in it, but it's also meant to be like. A, a scary little, you know, movie yeah. or an exciting movie or like mm-hmm. Ghost, you know, I, Ghostbusters is like the best version of that where it's a comedy, but there's also like genuine, it's not necessarily scary, but it's like you do get wrapped up in the supernatural story. I mean, the yeah, librarian kid, goes to scary. You know? I mean, yeah. If, yeah. if ever there was a librarian that I was scared Taxi by in a, non, in a non-sexy way, it was the librarian ghost in, uh, in uh, Ghostbusters, you know. Mm-hmm. So, although now that I think about it, Maybe, mm, yeah. Maybe yeah, who she, knows? Maybe yeah. she just needs the What's right, up to? the li- right maybe library you could patron. Change. You know, what's her at? Maybe I'll reach out. I think it's at Library Ghost from Ghostbusters. Oh, uh, that yeah. actually makes a lot of sense. But she, but she's only on, she's only on a uh, parlor, unfortunately. Oh, wait, let me, yeah. let me pull it up. Oh, she's yeah, yeah. got a link tree. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a tree that grows links from Legend kind of Zelda? Of, kind of. So she's uh, on Raya because she's a celebrity. That's yeah, the problem. She's on oh, Raya. I see. We'll have I to see, get yeah. we'll have to get our friends that are on Raya to check her out. Yeah, Raya is a is a is a dating site that's just for celebrities and last dragons. So anyway, <laughs> the uh, so uh, the townspeople they're standing around ominously. The sheriff is like, enough of this, and fires his shotgun in the air. The family's holding the seance. Grandpa's appear via light, just amazing light and voices. He's not, we don't see his face on this one. Says, and he says he can only appear for a few, 10 more minutes. They have to concentrate and they'll use goodness to destroy the magic stone that gives credence the queen of the goblins her power. And at this point I felt maybe Troll 2's mythology is a little too complicated. As much as I love the family backstory we're putting together, perhaps it's a little too slapdash and patched together that it's like, oh yeah, druids have their descendant and she somehow rules the goblins using a cutting of Stonehenge that's a magic stone. Anyway, Joshua passes out, and the trolls invade the house, and the family runs away, and Joshua wakes up, somehow magically transported to the witch's lair, and he's attacked by a troll, and that's when Grandpa appears, punches the troll, yeah, sorry, a goblin, (laughs) attacked by a goblin, and Grandpa appears and punches that goblin, and gives Joshua, of course, a bag of supplies that he can use to destroy the Stonehenge magic stone, and what, I don't remember what was in there, is it just stuff? I know what's in there. No, I know Yeah, he says he can only use it in times of, like, great emergency. Yes. And oh, he they, later on reaches into that bag and pulls out a triple-decker bologna sandwich. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And Nothing well, can defeat vegetarian goblins like bologna. Mm-hmm. My bologna has a first name. Bologna. My bologna has a first name. And the Grouch. And then Oscar the Grouch comes out with a fucking machine gun and <laughs> yeah. shoots all the <laughs> goblins. The most yeah. animated I've seen Dan in a while. Sorry. <laughs> I love trash, but I'll take out this trash <laughs> for free. Goblin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, he hates everything. He's Oscar the Grouch. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Sully, throw him in the can, add a bunch of goblins. They fall mm, down like they're My baloney has a first name. It's O-S-C-A-R. My baloney has a second name. It's L-E-V-A-N-T, Oscar LeVance. That's right. The famously <laughs> moody piano <It> player. Is. <laughs> Uh, Elliot's last friend we just briefly see Credence leave the RV leaving him buried in popcorn but not quite dead yet and he just goes no more no more popcorn <laughs> and I guess he's been popcorned to death yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Credence leaves the RV and screams at how she looks in the mirror and sees that she's lost her conventional beauty and she's back to having the weird lips and, and teeth and uh, she zap, the trolls say their queen is calling them the trolls and the, the goblins. goblins 
damn it. The goblins in the house <laughs> say their queen is calling them, and they zap away, leaving the family confused. Grandpa disappears forever and tells Joshua only the power of goodness can defeat the goblins. So Credence and the goblins show up, and they start threatening him, but he horrifies them exactly by pulling out of the stack a a triple decker bologna sandwich. And is he eating it? Yeah, he's just eating it yeah. in front of them, right? He's going nuts <laughs> on it. His family runs in. Look, you could be anti-vegetarian without being pro pro bologna, made bologna, pro processed, <laughs> processed. plastic meat. Yeah. yeah uh, anyway. his, his family runs in. They all put their hands on the stone and concentrate as Credence and the goblins scream, and they drool gook and they explode. It's really gross. They all fall down a bunch. They are all uh -huh. dead. And the that family bug -eyed, that bug-eyed goblin. He's not liking it either. His eye explodes, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, the awesome. And now we cut to the family arrives back at home. Uh, I guess they're going to change the sheets again like they did before. Uh, they're drained. Mom starts eating an apple because she just is so hungry. And Josh mm -hmm. hears— Well, she pulls a crystal, like, fucking bowl out of the fridge that has a bunch of <laughs> apples in it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, she just starts going to town— and it's you know you know immediately this yeah isn't just like work out. just like Eve in the garden and you know the movie's not that something bad's gonna happen because otherwise the movie would be over and uh, Josh hears whispering voices and finds a baseball with yummy mom is so good written on it in green muck she goes to the shower because mom's like I'm gonna have an apple and take a shower goes to the shower it's full of green muck oh no his mom turned into a plant. In the shower, the kitchen is full of goblins. They're eating the slime that used to be his mom, and they go, do you want some, Joshua? And Joshua screams. Smash cut to credits. End was of this Troll 2. creepy to you as a kid? Because, like, I remember seeing this yes. on TV, and this was the part that genuinely creeped me yes, out. Yes, this was another part that genuinely frightened me and, and, and creeped me out. It's yeah. such a nihilistic, unexpected ending for like this goofy yeah. movie yes. for like he's just like no no we ate your mom <laughs> not since the ending of the goofy movie in which goofy has a double suicide pact with yeah. his son has oh, there been wow. a bleak ending to a goofy movie like this a nihilistic ending like this there's no escape from the goblins they they eat his mom is it implied that the rest of the family have turned into goblins or is it or are these just goblins just followed hard to say. Hard it they to just say. followed behind their car in another car and whenever the parents looked in the rearview mirror the goblins would duck duck I, down so they would I honestly them. thought that this was the family that they'd swapped houses with but I guess they were back in the other place so yeah. no and that family clearly left the apples but I don't think yeah, they left those apples. Yeah, and because that only a, only a farm family would leave a I crystal like, cut glass bowl. Yeah, I feel like this movie just reinforced Elliot's choice to not eat any vegetables or fruit. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a goblin. I don't want to be a goblin, and I don't want to. Yeah. I just and I don't want to turn into a into plant food. I mean, we'll yeah. all become plant food eventually. Yeah, uh, because and our roots will uh, our our bodies will become nourishment for the roots of the plants Let's that hope. will then go yeah. on to feed the birds. The birds will go on to feed. Larry Bird, the famous basketball player, mm -hmm. and he will go on, of course, to feed a whale when God tells him to go tell Nineveh that they've been sinful, and he refuses to do it, falls overboard in a ship, the whale eats him. That whale will then become food Terrible for— Terrible Larry Bird. That whale mm -hmm. will then become food for millions of Japanese schoolchildren, although the whale was killed as a scientific experiment. And then those Japanese schoolchildren will, as they grow up and become old, become nourishment for the plants, and the cycle of life oh, continues. Just, oh, that makes sense, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's give final judgments for this movie. We do it every episode. We decide whether this is a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie that we actually kind of liked. I will say, you know, this is this is a classic good, bad movie, right, guys? This is like, I... Uh, yeah, Dan, rope us into pre-sell pre, pre, pre -sell ours I'm gonna, also. Yeah, rope I'm us into really, yours, yeah. Now, I, look, I was one of the people in... 
not literally in a, a best worst movie, but the people referenced by best worst worst movie who saw this as a kid, uh, roped others into it, being like, "You got to see this bad movie." Like this was before I professionally talked about uh, movies that maybe weren't all their creators meant them to be. Uh, for a podcast, I was just a bad movie aficionado on my own, and I would have parties, and I'd be like, hey, watch this thing. And people would watch it and be amused, uh, you know, watching it, rewatching it again today. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, this is always better when people are around and no one else is here to experience this with me. It's still, it's still pretty funny. But by yourself, pretty though. fun by it's yourself. It's still yeah. pretty fun. This is, uh, you know, a top-tier good bad movie, I yeah, would say. It's kind of like sex. It's ideal with other people, but still fun by yourself. <laughs> True. But a lot easier when there's not other people around. Oh, wow. Okay. So much easier. When I'm watching yeah. Troll 2 without other people, I don't have to worry about their pleasure or what they're getting out of it. I can uh-huh. just focus on my own enjoyment mm-hmm. of the movie. Okay, yeah. But, but I will say, yeah, this is – I was a little worried at, that this movie – I hadn't seen it in a few years. or And I was a little worried that I was like, oh, what are we doing? Like this thing's been – Raked over the coals so many times. This is a real vanilla bad movie. And then watching it again, it was like, yeah, this is a special good bad movie. This is yeah. something – I don't know if it's the best worst movie, but it is up there. It's, a, it's I think partly because it is – it lives in that space of – it is so – it's, it's fairly clumsily made, but it is not so incompetently made that you can't just sit back and watch it, you know? Like – yeah. Like you're not puzzling out what the hell is going in this, like what's going on in this, what's what's happening. You can tell, and it's clear that what's happening is ridiculous and pretty dumb. Uh, but it's being done in a way that is, I don't know. And until that ending, until that bleak ending, there's a certain like kind of innocence about the whole thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's such a like it moves at a good clip. Uh, it's every every line delivery feels like it's a, like the weirdest take possible. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's I think it's a really fun, it's a really special bad movie. It's definitely a like a perfect good bad movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that you, to play off some of what you guys have said, I think that if I was to offer a unified theory of good bad movies, let's like hear it. One, yeah. One thing would be that a, a movie that makes all of the wrong decisions, you know, a movie that mm-hmm. doesn't do anything right would be just unwatchable. Like a good bad movie is one that there's something to it that makes it watchable, but it also is utterly baffling. Yeah. And this has has that. Yeah. And and it has like kind of a weird, like it's not scary, but it does have like this weird dreamlike power where it's like none of this makes sense, but it is sort of like if you're trying to explain what what, what happened when, when you slept last night to somebody like yeah. Well, it's, it feels, it's, it's the witch coming out from behind the dumpster in Mulholland Drive for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, feel, it feels to me a little bit like a horror movie for kids made by kids, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. They, who don't really have a full grasp of storytelling and don't and are like just throwing some things in and don't have a grasp of adult behavior. Or And yeah. so it's a, there's a, but I, you're right. There's It's like a good, bad movie is one that, uh, is made just good enough that you can focus on the fun, bad stuff of it and you're not distracted by the, the bad, bad stuff of it. Yeah. It's not painful. Uh, what, a, what a joy. Troll 2, best picture of the year. Say mm-hmm. the floppers. Yeah. 
Uh, all around. Stuart, I believe you've got a little ad break. We've got a sponsor today, folks. Now, the Flophouse is known for having a couple of feline friends living in there. Dan has Archie and Panda. I have Muscles and Meatball. And you know what those things need? They need food all the time. Every day, in fact. In fact, if I don't feed them, they will yell at me and follow me around and get in my face and be a real problem. That's why you need to feed them also because you love them. Hmm, and one Great ways you can feed them feed is by your pets. <laughs> is you can feed your pets using Small's cat food, which is protein-packed recipes made from real ingredients, not just uh, not just you know, not just pate garbage. Uh, Small's is made by real people. Uh, it was started back in 2017 by a couple of guys cooking food, cat food from home, and giving it to friends. And now they feed cats around the world. And personally, uh, as a fan of my cats, I like it when my cat Muscles climbs onto my chest and sticks his mouth right over my nose and face. I'm glad that his breath doesn't smell quite as bad as it used to. <laughs> Uh, it used to be in the old days when you would feed him plants that you made by giving goblin food to people who came over to your Thank you. That's a whole tie-in. So what I would recommend you do is you should get your cats higher quality ingredients uh, from Small's Healthier Cat Food. So head to smalls.com slash flop and use promo code flop at checkout for 50% off your first order. Plus you get free shipping. Now, that's the best offer you're going to find anywhere. But in order to get that, you're going to have to use our promo code, and that is FLOP, to get 50% off your first order. One last time for everybody in the back row, promo code FLOP for 50% off your first order plus free shipping so you can feed your kitty boys. Uh, Elliot, do you want to tell a little bit about FLOP TV? I certainly do. I would love to. Hey, 400th episode listeners, we're very excited to be announcing, not for the first time, but let's pretend it's the first time because it's our 400th episode and we want to have a big announcement that we are doing a series of six once a month live streaming shows. We're calling it Flop TV. What is Flop TV, you ask? Well, it's kind of like this, except you can see us and it is a tight kind of more streamlined TV-ish version of the show. It's going to be like our live virtual shows or our live regular shows. We're going to have a presentation at the top. We're going to talk about a movie. We're going to answer a couple questions. It's going to be really fun. And here's the thing. We're going to do the movies that have been most requested or most talked about or just most heralded in bad movies other than Troll 2, which we just did in the episode, this episode. But some Troll 2 level stuff. So that's six episodes once a month for six months, usually the first Saturday in each month, except for September. And let's talk about the movies that we're going to be talking about. In August, we're doing Beastmaster 2 through the portal of time. The what? only movie, the only movie where a Beastmaster goes through a portal of time. And I just found out that someone I know is neighbors with the Beastmaster himself. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask for some more inside info. In September, you know it, Hollywood if she could, it's Cool World. Everybody's favorite movie that doesn't really work about live-action people having sex with cartoons. In October, it's an all-American meat double feature, Hamburger the Motion Picture, and Hot Dog the Movie. What are these movies about? I don't know. I've never Ketchup seen them. Ketchup and Mustard. And I've always been curious. <laughs> Ketchup and Mustard, they're cops. And in November, it's Sports Month. That's right, over the top. 
the best arm wrestling movie ever made featuring one of our patron saints of the Flophouse, Sylvester Stallone. In December, it's Ballistic, X versus Sever, the movie that introduced America to the lovable characters X and Sever, put them against each other, and made them yep. ballistic. It's a title <laughs> we've never understood what it means, and now we're finally going to find out. And in January... Yeah, in January, we're going to do the movie Nuki, the second worst movie ever made, a movie I have seen seen, and wish I could unsee. Now, oh Elliot, um, Slow Bullet, that's your pick for the worst Slow movie Bullet you've ever seen? Slow Bullet is the worst movie I've ever seen, and Nuki, an E.T. ripoff about an alien who's always has crying and so snot is always coming out of his nose and is trapped in Africa. That is the movie we'll be doing in January. So mm. – do you want to see these shows? I bet you do. Are, is this your first time listening to this podcast? Well, I think you're going to like these TV versions of it and even more. Tickets are available for individual shows. If there's an individual movie you really want to hear us talk about, then you can buy a ticket for that episode or you can get a discounted season pass for all six episodes. That's right. One season pass gets into every episode and it costs less than if you bought each episode individually. So just go to theflophouse.simpletix.com to buy your tickets today. Again, that's theflophouse.simpletix.com. Unless I'm misunderstanding it, this will also be like our live virtual shows where even if you can't watch them live, getting a ticket will give you access to that recording for a limited amount of time. So go. These tickets have been selling really well. People are really excited. It's the internet, so there's lots of tickets available. So go buy them. Go get tickets. Go. Theflophouse.simpletix.com for a new era in Flophouse programming. Uh, and, you know, while we're in plugs, I just want to say uh, Stuart came back into the room. We had a little, to, to pull the curtain back, we had a little bathroom break earlier on and also to air out this sweltering hot room that Stu and I We're in a sweat box right now. Currently and I'm starting to see colors and uh, sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> But Stuart, I mean, see, seeing colors is something you could do before it was really hot, right? Stuart, Not I. <laughs> Stuart returned uh, with a an Alf sticker from my uh, refrigerator. He wanted to fact check this sticker. He was mad that it said Shumway sixty seven on the front. You should of mention it. that you should mention Alf is wearing a football jersey. He's wearing a football jersey. And that's, that's on the correct. front of the uh, front of the jersey that it says Shumway sixty seven. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because they they have. Like traditional American football on Melmac, or Stewart was mad that that was the place that the name of the uh, the football team would be. Uh, but instead, Alf has his last name or the mascot of there. Somehow. But um, this all reminded me to just uh, I would like to extend a little free advertising to uh, my friend uh, and my wife's friend, uh, uh, my friends Jeff and Phoebe who have just started a small uh, toy store slash uh, museum mm -hmm. for vintage toys uh, called the Museum of Nostalgia in Astoria, Queens. So uh, they had their grand opening recently. It was really cool. Also, so if you're in the area, check out And what area would Nostalgia. that be? Astoria, Queens is, ah. is again, where I one can find it. I also kind of want to point out that Alf's player number is 67, and I think they knew what they were doing there. <laughs> Uh, what's that? <laughs> it's two away from you know that. <laughs> okay, number. so 65. Yeah, because they were mm. the Adam Driver movie yeah. of the same mm. name. Yeah, you said the same thing when uh, I was like, I'm number one, and you're like, Dan, I know what you're doing. I know That's what you're 68 doing. numbers away from <laughs> a very funny number. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Hey, Max Fun listeners, this is Cameron Esposito. I'm a stand-up comic, actor, writer, best-selling author, and podcaster. I got a great show called Query, where I interview LGBTQ plus luminaries across, oh, a bunch of fields. People in entertainment, astronauts, musicians, rock stars. I am bringing the show to maximum fun. You can listen right now, and I am so happy to be on this network. We have new episodes out every Monday. You can listen at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. It's official. MaxFun has become a co-op. We're now a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you. Thanks to supporters and listeners like you, MaxFun will always be a place where employees have a say. Thanks to you, shows can continue to partner with an independent, values-driven network. Thanks to you, we're able to carry on our commitment to our shows and the community we've grown together. Learn more about what becoming a co-op means for us and you at MaximumFun.org co-op. That's MaximumFun.org C-O-O-P. Um, hey, let's, let's answer a couple of letters from listeners. This first one... Uh, Oh, geez, Louise. I don't know who this is from, and it's the most important one to know who this is from. Hold on. Dan, did um, you really think I'd let you a- get to oh, the letters fuck. without a song? On this our 400th episode, 400th episode, 400 episodes, 400 years. We've been doing this podcast since 1623. It all began 400 years ago when our ancestor Jebediah Flophouse started the Flophouse. He came to this country with a dream, a dream of burning down forests and building farms. And he did that too. But then afterwards, what would he do? He'd invent... The Bad Movie Podcast with the Flophouse and 400 years later, 400 episodes because it's an episode a year in this version of the story. We came here to Stuart and Dan and Elliot doing the podcast for four. Hundred years, four, zero, zero. Don't add up those numbers together because four plus zero plus zero just makes four. But we've done a hundred times as many episodes as four. Four hundred, that's the number of episodes so far if you don't count the minis or the movie minutes. In actuality, we hit this milestone a while ago. How long ago? I don't know. How long ago? I don't know. How long ago? I don't know. But a while ago. Bohemian Rhapsody there Mm -hmm. for a second. Um, Thank you for- But 400 (laughs) episodes, we'll call it today. 400 episodes, like the movie 300. If there were 100 more guys, 100 more Uh Spartans, would that have saved the day? Would they have been able to carry Thermopylae from Xerxes and his goons on that big battle day? 400, 400, 400, find out. In the sequel to 300, it's called 400. 100 guys go back in time to help the 300 Spartans. Stop Mm -hmm. this. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, though. No, Thank you for stalling you? for a while. While I looked up, I, I, I had somehow. Anytime t- you need it, you got it. I had Someone to stall with a song, <laughs> you got it because you didn't look up the name ahead of time. You got it. The name I had actually cut off the name to this first letter, and I really wanted to give this person credit because they did a nice thing for us. Um, this is from Kevin. Last name withheld. Who writes? Hi, I'm a longtime listener to the Flophouse. I love the show. I look forward to it every Saturday. Listening to the latest episode, I realized that having two different URLs for the live TV call to action could be confusing. You're right, it could be. 
I wanted to help prevent this confusion if I could, so I bought HTTP colon slash slash FlophouseLive.com, the URL FlophouseLive.com, which I would be more than happy to transfer to y'all for free if you want it. It redirects to the FlophouseSimpleTix.com. So you can just give out the URL FlophouseLive.com. This, uh, this gentleman has done you know, a nice thing for us on the occasion of our 400th episode, which is to uh, account for the clumsy way in which we run some of our business and uh, provide a simple solution that we can just give out flophouselive.com. No, that rules for our live I mean, show. I don't feel like we do things that are that clumsy around here. Hey, everybody, did you hear the tale about oh, the God. guy who bought uh-huh. a URL for the Flophouse? He really helped us out for the Flophouse. A teapot oh, wow. has a spout. And if you want to pour oh. the tea out of the teapot, you got to use the spout. In uh-huh. fact, okay. if I was going to throw, spin a hypothetical scenario uh-huh. in which I was a teapot, short and stout, an I would say, here is my handle, and here is my spout. So suddenly. what you're going to do is Stuart has died, <laughs> so I'm going to keep going. Uh, this one is from Nolan, last name withheld. Who writes? Nolan? Christopher, Christopher Nolan, last name withheld. Hello. For years, I've listened to podcasts at 1.5 speed and with shortened silences. That way I can get to all the podcasts I'm subscribed to. Recently, I found myself even more in awe than usual at how quickly the peaches, that's us, were coming up with bits. Besides remembering your skilled editing and genuine quickness, I found that slowing back down to one time speed has made me feel less inadequate. I've also gotten to the habit of turning on subtitles when watching movies or TV. Helps me catch all the dialogue. Uh-huh. Recently, I noticed that the subtitles often ruin the timing of jokes. Yes. So I started turning subtitles off for comedies, and my enjoyment has been restored. Do any of you have any watching habits that inadvertently lessen your enjoyment of what you're watching? Thanks for making my favorite podcast, Nolan, last name withheld. I would, before we get into this, I would argue that the lesson that you learned about uh, uh, subtitles ruining comedy can be applied to maybe the timing uh, and re- and removing pauses from a comedy podcast isn't necessarily listening to it the best. Although we are glad that you listen to. As someone who to listens us. to all his podcasts at double speed, I disagree. Oh, really? I, I like it fast, and whenever I put it back to single speed, everyone sounds old and slow. Mm. And then I put double speed, and I'm like, oh, they're so fast on their feet. They're so smart and young. This is what I want to hear. And I put down at single speed, and I'm like, Oh, they're just reminding me now that we're all slowly shuffling off this mortal yeah, yeah. coil. You yeah. put on normal speed and it's like, no dogs allowed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I I have this habit called looking at my phone. Yeah. And that ruins everything, yeah. including my mental health. <laughs> <laughs> that's why, I mean, like I, you know, Elliot being yes. someone oh. who has no free time and um, thus lashes out at those of us who do, uh, makes fun of me for <laughs> he's I don't. I wouldn't say lashes out. I'm going <laughs> to hit you with a whip or a riding crop. <laughs> he makes fun of me for how many movies I see in the theater, but, you know, part of that is I enjoy forcing myself to pay attention because I do know that at home. Oh, yeah. A lot of what I watch, like, you know, and it plays so much better if I'm actually paying attention <laughs> you know, in a yeah. theater, along with other people enjoying it, rather than me at home with my phone, uh, just well, it's like, whiling at the way the hours till death. 
I, I really loved the first season of Yellow Jackets, and the second season I didn't like as much, but it was also probably because I had to work while watching it. So it would be like, mm. there'd be times when, uh, not on TV or film projects, don't worry, but where at times where my wife would be sitting watching it, and I'd be kind of like half watching it, because I'm busy typing something up, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's not the show's fault that I didn't enjoy mm-hmm. it as much, but my fault, yeah. Yeah. I think I uh, find similarly uh, when I when I binge television shows, it hurts my enjoyment of those shows. That I find that it just becomes kind of like a endless TV sludge, as opposed to like, and I get tired of it faster than if I like space things out. I certainly um, I've been trying to catch up on. I think you should leave, and that is a show that benefits from a little bit of time between episodes, since indeed. the sketches are so similar. Yeah, I mean, I watched it all in one big glop, but I did watch it at a watching party with a bunch of people, and that was yeah, watching that, that show with a big group is really fun. Yeah, uh, this all reminds me, of course, we while you know, Josh's celebrity dog breathes heavily the whole time. <laughs> we <laughs> we would be remiss to not take this opportunity to make fun of our friend Jubin Parang, sure, who complained that. The movie Alien wasn't scary enough, and then we learned that he was watching it at two times speed well, or whatever. Was, well, I don't know if the two <laughs> things are related. So Jubin, who has joined us for our Flop Tales uh, role-playing episodes, uh, he we found out that he watches movies at two times speed with the captions on because he doesn't have time for all that. He was complaining about Alien. He was like, how am I supposed to know it's scary when there's scenes with no music in the background? How am I supposed yeah. to know how I'm supposed to feel during those moments? And I'm like— <laughs> Are you a monster? Like I don't understand. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he he would that he'd be like, oh yeah, I watch everything at two times speed with the captions on, so I don't actually listen to it. And I'm like, when I go to a is- restaurant and I look at all the menu items, if nobody tells me that they're yummy, I don't know yeah, if they're going to yeah. be yummy or not. And yeah. I need it at two times speed. I want a conveyor belt to just like drop it into my mouth. Well, yeah. I don't have time to eat, so you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the actual food and I'm going to put it into like a trash compactor, and so it becomes like a little Wally cube nugget, mm-hmm. and then I'm just going to throw that in my mouth. You know. That's uh, this. This cube is pheasant under glass and uh, a, a raspberry rhubarb compote. Ooh, that sounds good. Let, let me is have the that glass, single bite. Is the, the glass, glass in the is cube? still in there? It got yeah, crushed when it yeah. got turned I, into a cube. I don't because I, right now I don't I don't uh, feel Look, the, the need. The pieces to, are like the cube. The pieces are so small at this point. You're not even going to taste that glass. No, I mean if now normally when I have to kill the creepy crawlies in my tummy, I, I'd swallow that glass down. But right now I don't. I think that's not what I need. So can I get the pheasant in a glass without the glass? It's All right. Sure. I mean, it's your. Yeah, I don't know if we do subs. It's going <laughs> to take let, three let, hours. <laughs> Let me talk to the chef. Outrageous. Let me talk to him. Don't come into my restaurant and ask for substitutions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, this next one has cyanide in it. Uh, can I get it without the cyanide? Get out of my restaurant. He mm. <laughs> <sighs> put some salt in the cyanide. Worst, worst of all. <laughs> um, he hey, didn't even ra- take a bite of the cyanide before he put salt on it. That shows a distrust of the chef. Yeah. Let's uh, let's recommend movies. The the last no. thing we do on this this <laughs> okay, I'm putting my foot we're down. Not, we're not doing that wow. anymore. A real break with tradition. It's been 400 episodes. <laughs> Enough of this. How many salty. movies are going to are we going to recommend these people? That's why we can't people? have the extra salt because Ellie gets too salty. Mm. Um, no, this is the part. When I was a teenager, uh, they called me a saltine. <laughs> uh, this is. And, and the, if I was an Angelina Jolie movie, that's right. I would be Gia. You know, mm. Andre, I when say anyone salt. says, Elliot, you have not lost a step. <laughs> <laughs> you can't lose what you don't have. Dan, what do uh, we do at this part of the podcast? This part is where we recommend a movie that we maybe liked unironically in this case. Uh, often, if it's a movie we didn't enjoy at all that we covered, a movie that we would say watch instead. 
In this case, we're saying do it as a double feature. Yeah. Cue up some Troll 2 and then watch one of our recommendations. I'm going to recommend a little indie movie called Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Oh, that is an indie movie. (laughs) That was a good joke that Stuart – I love that Dan just just pushed his way through Stuart's interruption. He had had to get it out there. Uh, No, what were you going to (laughs) say? I was going to say you can watch – all three of our recommendations and Troll 2 as like a classic Dan McCoy movie day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got I so much damn time on his hands. I don't not, do Obviously that. not worth fucking up your pond, Dan. I'm sorry. Now, Dan, this, uh, is Indi- this is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is what Yeah, I wanted to say, look. Turn that dial <laughs> to fun. Um, normally, I try to not recommend like brand new things that are presumably going to you know, do okay over the course of their time. But this movie is not actually doing that well. And I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was, it had a lot of like bad uh, word of mouth before it came out and reviews have been middling, but I really enjoyed it. And I I know that a certain part of it is my love for the Indiana Jones series and growing up with them and growing up with Harrison Ford as the man I alternately, uh, you know, wanted to be my gruff dad. I wanted to be myself. Maybe there's something sexual. I don't know. He's Maybe. very handsome. He is very handsome. Now, Dan, um, I don't. I don't mean to interrupt this. Very. What you're saying is actually what? kind of poignant. I did. I don't want to interrupt, but it did sound like you said McGruff dad. And I'm just saying, if someone wants to do a TV show where <laughs> McGruff the crime dog is the dad, we will write that show. We Stuart will do can it. play McGruff. We'll do it. But oh, Dan, yeah. continue. The party was born to play. No, I look. I I know <laughs> yeah. that part of yeah. It, when Stuart was born, they said, "Well, his mom <laughs> said, is it a boy or a girl?'" And the doctor said, "Better. It's a McGruff." Mm-hmm. I know part of it is nostalgia, and part of it is like <sighs> there are those who will argue that you know, Crystal Skull with all its wackiness, like you know, it has more like verve than this, which is like the kind of feels a little bit along the safe sort of Force Awakens path of like, okay. You didn't like the other one. Let's make one that you're going to like. That being said, while Mangold is no Spielberg and like the the most fun parts of Crystal Skull have more verve than like Dial Destiny, I found this to be like, I don't know. I just didn't like Crystal Skull left a bad taste in my mouth. And this movie, I was like, yeah, that was fun. The taste of Crystal Light. It was nice for it to be 2023. And God damn it, I'm seeing my old pal, Harrison Ford, you know, whipping around up there on the silver screen. <laughs> oh, yeah, just whipping around on the screen. Just whipping it out. I, <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's, you know, it's not perfect. I see the flaws, but I think it's a pretty good Indiana Jones adventure that I was happy to see. Indiana so. Jones? The Indiana lady, the, the, Jones. the secretary from Mad Men, but Indiana now Indiana Jones Wilder. I would watch the fuck out of that. <laughs> Indiana Either Jones. Of those. Yeah. Um, okay, so on the other end of the spectrum, I'm going to recommend a movie that's doing pretty well at the box office that's also in the theaters. I'm recommending a movie called No Hard Feelings. That's right, the movie where Jennifer Lawrence, Oscar winner, is trying to fuck a kid. Um, <laughs> and it's that's the premise of the movie. Um, and it's a uh, sex comedy. It's... Uh, relatively like light and well, how old is small. the kid? He's like yeah, a, he's, not, he's, going, mean, he's nineteen. He's like, he's like he's graduating high school, right? Okay. <clears throat> and his parents are Matthew Broderick and Laura Benanti, so it's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't realize that was a special dispensation. That's an exception uh, in the laws. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's got a lot of fun performances. Uh, 
the yeah, it's it's funny and Jennifer Lawrence is amazing. Like she throws her her whole self into this movie. It's silly, it's funny, it's a little bit sweet, but I I feel like it doesn't necessarily go in the exact direction they expect it to, or maybe you do. I don't know. I'm not a genius. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for if if you're interested in watching a comedy that is for adults, I guess uh, it's it's fun. It's fun. It's a sex comedy. Come on, it's fun. <laughs> Come on, well, it's not on. for Elliot's. No Elliot's. Look, Come on, look, Elliot. look, Chuck, check your balls at the door and just go see the movie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the I'm gonna, I'm going to I'm going to see both of those movies. I may not see them both in the theaters, but off your recommendations, Undina Jones, I was already going to see, and the other one, what is it? Up, up no yours. hard feelings. Oh yeah, no hard feelings. I can never remember the name of it. I I referred to it in conversation recently as it's sorry, a, not sorry, which is a good name for a movie. It's an erection pun. That's yeah. all you have to remember. Oh, uh, yeah, there you go. I get it. I yeah. get it. I mm-hmm. get. Okay, movie. I see what you're doing. A little <laughs> oh, naughty. it's a bit of a devilish a double entendre. Mm, interesting. Well, There's not just one entendre here. And it's also it's also like <laughs> like a lot of comedies. The marketing is not particularly good for it. I think it's better yeah. than the trailer would make you believe. Yeah. Uh, so Comedies are hard to market. You recommended some new movies. I'm going to recommend an old movie. So we're recording what? this. Yeah. <laughs> shock. Kale surprise. Uh, the, uh, we're recording this just a few days after the passing of Alan Arkin. This will be old news when you finally listen to this episode. We're recording ahead of time. But uh, it is new news for us. And so I wanted to recommend my favorite. New news Alan- is good news, Elliot. New news is good news. Yeah, and it's it's just long <laughs> enough it? that most people will have already forgotten about who like, Ellen Arkin is until they do a sequel to Little Miss Sunshine where they have a like a CGI version of Alan Arkin. I mean, the character. The I mean, Alan Arkin's like, character dies in Little Miss Sunshine, but so I don't know how he's really? going to be in the sequel. Yes. Oh, okay. So, oh, Littler but, Miss Sunshine. <laughs> it's called Big Miss Sunshine. It's not her <laughs> as a grown up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry. So, but it's interesting you bring it up because this movie also has the word little in it. It's my favorite Alan Arkin movie. He's only in one scene. It's called Little Murders. This is a movie Alan Arkin oh, yeah. directed, and he has one scene that I think is great as a as a paranoid police detective. Uh, Little Murders. It's from 1971. It's based on the Jules Pfeiffer play of the same name. Name same name. Also, it's the same name and yeah. same name. Uh, it's 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 based on Bill Nye, the science guy. And so, uh, it stars uh, Elliot Gould and Marsha Rod, and it is the darkest of dark comedy satire. Yeah. It's a satire that is, I find very funny, but it is also very bleak uh, in its ending. So it is hard-hitting satire uh, all about life in New York especially, but in America in general, in the late 60s, early 70s, when it seems like all hope had been lost by by humans living in the United States. You think our time's bad. It was bad back then too. Uh, and it is, a, it, but it, is, it is also a love story. It's a in some ways a tragic love story, but in other ways a satirical love story. And- it is just one of the. I feel like one of these classic New York is collapsing movies, and I think yeah. Alan Arkin did a great job directing it. Uh, it feels, in many ways, it felt very of its time, but of its time in a in a really good, solid way. And so, to remember that he was not just a great performer, not just adept at both comedy and drama, but also it could be a really good director. I would say take a look at Little Murders. I would say do not read a descri- a plot summary of the movie because I found that plot summaries of the movie for some reason give away a thing that happens two-thirds of the way through the film mm. uh, and is a big plot moment. So d- just if you want to watch a kind of bleak satire of uh, life in New York in the 70s, then Little Murders is the one for you.
Well, speaking of things like Troll 2 that scarred me as a, as a young person, I think I saw Little Murders on A&E when I was like 12 or 13, and Oof. it very much disturbed me. Yeah, that is, this is a rough, this is one, I think somebody I'll show it to my kids when maybe they're in their 20s. Like, this is yeah. not one to watch in the, in, this, if someone's old enough that Jennifer, that you're hiring Jennifer Lawrence to have sex with them, then they can watch Little Murders. Okay. But younger than that, that I would sense. say, I would say don't do it. And if you're, that's, that's if like you're, the thing around the amusement park ride. Yeah, you must be, you must be be tall enough that your parents are hiring General Florence to get you out of your shell. And if you are old enough that using a dial of destiny to de-age yourself, you might be too old for this movie. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, that's been it. That's 400, guys. Well, here is, you know, to 400 more or when we all hate each other, whichever comes Or you know first. what? More than 400 more. I, I Lately, I've gotten very uh, sentimental in episodes where I talk about how excited I am that we own this, that this is our show that we own and we can do whatever we want with it. It is just us, unfiltered, unfortunately, uh, speaking <laughs> to the rest of the world. And there's nothing stopping us from doing this for another 400 or more episodes. We could do this until the day I drop dead with a microphone in my hand, uh, talking singing about- Singing a song, presumably. <laughs> singing a song about the topless shot and just one of the guys when, I, you know, when I'm in my 90s, uh, when it's no longer cute anymore. And this is kind of weird and creepy, although it probably already is. Uh, so- Thank you so much. Before Dan says his official goodbye, I want to say thank you again to the listeners who have been with us for so much of this time. Whether you've been with us for a month or 16 years, we really appreciate you, and we love that you're there for us, and we're going to keep doing this as long as you want to keep hearing it. So thank you very much for keep us, keeping us going all this time and being there for us. Yes, I echo those thanks, and I also want to thank uh, our producer, Alex Smith, uh, for making us sound good on this episode. I want to thank our network, Maximum Fun, which helps us out in myriad ways. If you want to check out the other podcasts on the network, go to MaximumFun.org. And uh, wow, we did it. Whatever it was, it was done. You can't argue that it happened. It was it. Yeah, <laughs> and now we did it. we're here. For the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. Yeah, so I want to thank Dan McCoy okay. for being my rock in times of trouble. Uh -huh. I want to thank Elliot Kalin for always, you know, uh, always forcing me to, like, look a little bit beyond myself. I want to thank all my haters out there for no, being wimps. Bad for not. Uh, yeah, so I've been Stuart Wellington, and I always will continue to be. And I'm Elliot Kalin, and next episode, we're going to have some new rebranding on me. I think that the second 400 episodes, I'm going to be a new character with a new name, so stay tuned and see if I remember this bit when we record the next episode and have a new character to bring up. Bye! Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> How's up? I brought this ALF magnet off of your, uh... Now, why does all ALF's football uniform, because he's dressed up as a football player, why does it say Shumway on the front of his jersey, like that's his team? That's the team? Well, maybe he's, Not maybe it's, maybe, it's the team. maybe it's a family yeah, team. Yeah, but like, so the team he's on is called Shumway? Plays for the Shumways. He plays for the Shumways, and he is a Shumway. Um, okay. We can go your way, or we can go Shumway. There's a right way to do it and a shown <laughs> way to do it. <laughs> Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network of artist-owned shows. Supported directly by you.